I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Here we are. Welcome to Team Rebel Edition 265 with Wayne Mathias and potentially other guests, as we'll see. We mm -hmm. are navigating the universe as the empire crumbles. Great topic, as always. Welcome and well met. Well, thank you. Uh, we haven't had Wayne on in a while, probably a year or so. Um, yes, last so I'm glad to have you back on. Um, before we start, kind of, you know, the drill here. This is 265. That reduces to four, which is ironically enough, the Emperor card. I lead by example. The Emperor is about setting boundaries and following rules, believing in the concrete world around you, focusing on action and results, holding your ground. Raphael, what angel dost thou have? It's not an angel. Or card. We're not doing it. Yeah, tarot it's, it's card. Yeah, we passed the angels, so we're gonna go with this one. <laughs> but you gotta tell us what it is, because it uh... is the six of pentacles. Okay, so doing the work, doing the yeah. work, gain surplus, gifts, gratification, attention, vigilance. Now is the accepted time, present prosperity. We got the moon and Taurus. Yeah. Well, Wayne, between the Emperor card and the Six of Pentacles, I'm wondering what pops out to you. Yeah, well, it would seem that as far as where I'm at on my timeline, I think that uh, there is a path of mastery, which is now starting to come into fruition, which is saying a lot, but I've been at, on this planet for over 60 years. So maybe this is the time. And oh, um, I just want to point out, uh, you said in the green room that you're wearing... Um, yeah, Dr. strange gear. Now <laughs> yes. is the time. Now is the time to release the. Yeah, the really. Yeah. Thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was like, I, we got, people need to know how cool you are uh, oh, because yeah. I know, but others need to know that you're wearing cool shit. So, um, yeah, the Emperor card. We, I mean, the title of this episode essentially, you messaged me and Hannah Craven, who's coming on potentially, and Frank Zero, maybe some others. Um, you had decided kind of on a theme of uh multiverse traversing like you know timelines and the collapse of the empire in a very philip k dick sense um we could jump right into that if you want but i'm also very happy if you tell us kind of what you've been up to i know that you went to the maldives and stuff so whatever's yeah. clever we can we can fill time well, certainly uh, to get up to speed there's been a lot of changes just in the past year for all of us and uh in my case uh the big change was that I quit my job uh, after 15 years. And uh, so, you know, you heard about the great resignation, a whole bunch of people just deciding they'd had enough and wanted to do something else. And that's where I'm at. I told them I was retiring and 
that's perfectly fine. I don't personally consider myself retired in the sense that I would rather be just working on my writing career. And uh, right now I've got a project um, called Epiphany, which uh, is the continuation of uh, a screenplay I wrote back in 2016. And um, at the time, I didn't realize that it was going to have any prophetic qualities, but now, you know, it's we almost be like, so pro- surprised at this point. Yeah, uh, well, if you get onto that whole, um, I, I feel like I'm continuing in the footsteps of Philip K. Dick, which is also, that sounds like a tall claim. However, I think that any creative person who, um, you know, aligns themselves that way can, can be working at that level. Um, and it just happens that Epiphany seems to be now an epic that is really about the transition from the present civilization, which is ending to the next civilization. And that's um, now, of course, um, when it comes to our, the era that we're in right now, um, we could describe it variously as uh, merely a decline or an end materialism. It's been a foray yeah. into materialism. All sorts of things. It seems like yeah. things are shifting. Even in the astrology, um, just today, I think, or yesterday, Pluto has gone into the 27th degree of Capricorn, which is America's Pluto. So America's mm-hmm. going to have its Pluto return. Death is coming back to the empire for the first time. Yeah. Since well, if we look at things like there's an arc, let's say that we have definitely, I don't think anyone would dispute that we've passed the peak. And now the, yeah. the life cycle is the, the the other side of the hill, let's say. And we're no, the only question then is, out of all the various futures, are we going to get the, the hard landing or the soft landing or something in between? Because uh, And do we have any influence over that? Because uh, in my opinion, I would, you know, because, you know, I, I like people generally. I don't want to see a catastrophic collapse and then people having to dig out of the rubble and try to create a new civilization. Yeah, Mad Max isn't anybody's thing, I don't think. <laughs> right, I mean, that's like the, the really doing it the hard way, shall we say. And um, I would like a transition to be smoother and spread out so that we can actually have feel like we have enough time because right now I do sense that with Earth changes in particular, not just the human system uh, failing in so many, you know, the, the the society failure part. There's also the ecosystem, which is having a. I would you could almost call it an immune response to us. You know, there's a as you could metaphorically say. There's you know, it, it seems the timing of it seems to coincide with our our kind of like make it or break it period, and. Uh, isn't it interesting? I mean, I got this, you know, the Maldives trip was significant in that I got to see the other, you know, how things look on the other side of the world and realizing that, yeah, it looks like postcard paradise. However, you do not actually escape because the the sea levels rising in a visible way, they're already trying to take remedial action to save the islands. I don't know if that's actually, you know, practical. Can you imagine? I don't know if you can imagine being a, a resident of a country that is slowly going underwater. And no, then, it, it, theoretically, yeah. it's not the first time that's yeah, happened. It's, it's like, you know, it's like miniature 
Atlantis or something. I don't accept that they have decades. It's not like all going to happen on one day. They have, so they've got options and they're, everybody's having to make their best decisions given that, you know, things are incrementally changing and there'll be a point of no return. And uh, so what do you do? Right. It's um, yeah. their situation is different from ours. However, we're also being affected They'll, you know, climate change is already doing something. I mean, don't, you know, certainly severity of, of weather and who knows what could be going on with the cosmic changes in terms of, um, you know, coronal mass ejections or um, seismic, galactic center seismic volcanic stuff, yeah. thing. I mean, you probably have been, remember that we only recently had a tsunami uh, and volcano eruption uh, in the Tonga area. You probably heard about that. Oh yeah. And you know, this is not the, there, it was fortunate. This is not where anywhere near as catastrophic as the one in Indonesia several years ago that actually had, you know, damaging effects as far away as India and the Maldives as well, which is, the I mean, that's the situation that um, would cause anyone to, um, start to wonder about, you know, <laughs> where well, is this all cynical, but like there is a, there's a, a balance. It's, if you're in a postcard location, occasionally there's catastrophes. It would seem <laughs> like this. And ironically enough, um, uh, we forget, we think we're so important in center of the universe typically. Uh, and I'm not saying we're not, I do think we're at the wave of, you know, novelty in a Terrence McKenna sense, but, um, we are also passengers on mother earth ship and some change, you know, like if the car flips, the occupants get fucked up sometimes. So, um, you know, the Tonga situation is a good example where it's like, there's not much anybody could do about that. Uh, that that's not really a political thing. You know, yeah. Yeah. I would say that right at the moment, there's nothing that would indicate definitely that we're going to reach an end of civilization scenario right away. But it's not. Then again, that kind of apocalypse isn't off the table. I mean, I think in terms of out of all, you know, many possible futures, um, something that causes us not to not merely to have a reset, but actually like Hopi level prophecy of, you know, one world ends and the next one begins. And that's not like a change of regime. And it's not like, um, you know, the end of the Roman Empire um, splitting up into the fragments. This is this is more like Atlantis Lemurius change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I I wouldn't rule it out, but I personally am thinking that um, it might be useful for folks. And what, what I my creative life is about is exploring that those possibilities imaginatively, uh, especially if um, our we if consciousness creates reality, then it would be it might be helpful to entertain all kinds of possibilities, not just the limited possibilities. And that's where, again, there, the, uh, the notion of um, um, receiving intu intuitive knowledge, uh, it matters more than it used to for myself because um, I, I do get information from what I would call an inner guru. Uh, and then I question it because it's useful to have a dialogue in the sense of interrogating the, the information that you're getting. Uh, because after all, there's all kinds of 
there are points of view that are being, uh, that are coming out of yourself and perhaps out of other consciousnesses. And you kind of have to weigh all of it. And that's um, the, uh, the whole multiverse thing is one of the things. And also the, uh, the notion of a hierarchy of creators, which is something that seems to be common in virtually every spiritual tradition I've seen. There seems to be this uh, tradition of structuring um, the, the consciousness uh, according to levels, you know, uh, with higher and lower and, you know, a kind of perhaps a pyramidal type of uh, structure that you're, you're, you and I are probably in the, the lower levels of it, of the pyramid. And we go, is this all, is this the best there is? Is this all that's available? I don't know if, um, I, I, so as a, someone who has more anarchist tendencies, I'm always a little bit suspicious of uh, being given a hierarchy and that here you are, that's what you get. You know, is there, have you considered other um, ways of looking at that? Well, it's funny that we got the emperor card. I think Frank zero is here, but it could be totally wrong. Um, could be Hannah. I don't know. Um, but uh, the emperor card I mean, it's saying you lead by example, and that is pretty much what the definition of an anarchist is at the ideal level, where you're governing through a sovereign kind of sense of self, and you're in right relationship to natural law or natural order of things, and not in a negative polarized kind of cloud atlas, there's a natural order of these things, just kind of, find, you know, that kind of, that's been yeah. the negative side of the emperor, which has been, you know, toxic masculinity, all this kind of stuff, um, which is, in a sense what we're working through. I mean, I, I just heard, uh, like I was saying in the green room, the um, last Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan podcast was good. And you just said the word dialogue and that's the, you know, dia uh, is to die in uh, Greek and then logos dial logos. So it's like the logo is talking to itself and we have to be open to like dialoguing with many types of characters and creatures, but to put to, you know, goldfish don't necessarily get along exactly with giraffes, uh, even though they're in the animal kingdom or whatever. So, um, as far as hierarchy is concerned, I think we have a tendency to look at it from an ego perspective in a very particular way. Um, usually, uh, you know, I mean, this gets into a whole, I don't know if you watched Game of Thrones, but like Ned Stark, he's a king, but he doesn't do the same thing as Joffrey. Um, their personas are uh, acting out through the archetype differently, though their positions are similar, if you want to put it that way, like kings or whatever, leaders. So I'm kind of rambling, but um, it... it just because Pluto has entered the same degree as America's Pluto, so we're in Pluto turn for America, and I've heard enough astrologers talking lately where it's like, this is a real test, essentially, um, of, of a burn or make it kind of moment for all values that the West epitomized in American thinking, you know, um, which can be good in terms of like individual rights, um, you know, in theory, the Constitution and stuff like that, Bill of Rights, um, but also some of the sadder things like, you know, strip malls and you know, rampant materialism. So, um, yeah. Um, go ahead. It would seem that in terms of the end of empire scenario, um, which I think I personally think we're in, I wouldn't, uh, I, I would say that everybody's going to have to make their own decisions about what is worth preserving and what would you like to do differently in the next, you know, as we are creating the next civilization. Right. Because I think there's going to be some overlap and we'll get to those of us who want to salvage things from the previous civilization. And, you know, I would be in favor of 
continue, keep whatever works, whatever still works, whatever didn't work before, don't do that again because you're <laughs> expecting a different result. So that's, that's just my recommendation just because, you know, we've already, you could say we've been there, done that. Can we do something different next time? And, um, you know, make new and better mistakes maybe, you know, because uh, I don't really want to have a replay of the previous civilization. I think we, you know, I mean, right. right, just even if we weren't personally there at the beginning, I don't really think that, that we're, we should be going in circles, you know, on the same level ad infinitum. And I say um, this is actually one of the main uh, story themes, this repetition of this particular, I would call it the Atlantean trauma, whatever happened there exactly. Some psychologists mm. even assuming that there is still some kind of epigenetic remnant of this kind of horror or trauma of whatever, you know, grand level reset catastrophe there may have been. Anyone interested in the whole Tartaria mud flood liquefaction stuff could also be that, you know, there may have been very great catastrophes only 200 years ago. And even if you look, even just San Francisco, great example, actually, you will notice mm -hmm. all these wonderful cities, even in Japan, built out with all these Greco-Roman huge buildings, you know, strangely enough, they all burned down around 1900 with huge fires that have very, very strange patterns in terms of what they burn, what they don't burn and so on. So uh, there certainly, you know, seems to be some kind of a force that is, you know, I want to say, uh, very interested in decomposing these structures. But what I wanted to mention, since you brought up global warming or, you know, whatever uh, cl climate change, I just watched mm -hmm. a presentation or a conference by something called Creative Society, just came up on YouTube randomly. And I was like, oh, I'm curious what they're thinking. And actually there was a message by the premier of Tonga because you just mentioned this now. And it was no. like, I think I just saw right. this guy. There's only 100,000 people living there or something like that. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, he's so affected by climate change. And then, so he has a real issue apparently. But then a bit later in the presentations, there is a scientist who mentions that whilst we did have a, an increase in CO2, CO2 in itself isn't necessarily, you know, the main thing we should be fixated on. And also, of course, it's a huge racket in terms of taxes and control. And if I want to have everything truly carbon neutral, there will be no more humans around, you know, because we're also you know, part of the yeah. system. So there is certainly a multifactorial system, not saying that environmental pollution is a real problem. But with the whole CO2 thing, you have too many of the same players that are also heavily profiting right now into this i want to say you know co2 uh, protection racket scheme anyways there's also as you mentioned with the hopis i think they talk about the blue kachina and the red kachina and stuff like that so there seems to be Except some sun. kind of the lore yeah of like having, yeah, a new sun, having a different color of the sky or i'm not sure i've heard tale i mean i've heard people being like it's changed I, I don't stare at the fucking sun much but uh everyone's like it used to be much more yellow now it's more oh, yeah. white that's for sure. Um, Let's just see briefly, Frank. Um, you want to try talking or unmuting your microphone because you're here, but what up, does dude? it seem like your microphone is on? Same would go for Hannah. And if you if it doesn't work here, please try going on a computer and using Chromium browser or Google Chrome. Frank, so one quick thing while we're talking about emperors, because Wayne, when you're talking about it, it's like, oh my gosh, we're at this major change. Um, while I was in mm -hmm. Alabama for two weeks, hanging out with my Nana, who's a hardcore conservative Christian, I was showing her 
Um, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon documentary about like, we didn't really go and zeitgeist, which she got all upset about with the whole zodiacal kind of religious thinking, but it makes, I mean, back, like what Raphael's talking about with the, the 1900s and, um, maybe the Tartarian kind of mud flood stuff. I'm not so keen uh, up, up to snuff on that. So I can't speak much about it, but, uh, the, the implementation of the federal reserve, the world, you know, world war one, world war two we tend to think of our empire as being very cohesive through a long time. And that's kind of the illusion that Philip K. Dick is alluding to. It never ends. It's this Roman thing. It probably existed before Roman ascents, Babylon, Samaria, whatever, but at some point it consolidated into this, in, in this power dominance male, like negative thing where it's like, we're going to give you roads and aqueducts. Uh, you could do whatever you want, but if you don't join us, we'll kill you, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, not an ideal situation. Um, yeah. My point, the only reason I'm saying anything is because uh, maybe we've been in the, how would I even put it, artificial collapse, I mean, artificial reality for like 100 years. And what we're used to as an empire is normal to us, but it's like, I have no clue. What's oh, going that, was, that was interesting, whatever that was. We just I had to restart the stream for some reason. Cool. So, oh. like, so um, as far as the... Um, because my interests have been esoteric for quite a while, and uh, I've been trying to find a, the that where the where the cosmic perspective intersects with our specific Monday. circumstances, and how it might you know how we people would make um, decisions that would affect the rest of their lives or even future generations. You know our whole you know, in the sense we have, if we have reality creating power, then it seems to be time to up our game, you know, to get better at it. Um, we cloud out this and, doing a lot. And so one of the things that I, I start with is reality mapping, which is something we've talked about before, uh, starting with basic premises about how, what is reality and what is the relationship? How does consciousness create it? If that's what's going on, which, um, you know, in other words, if it is not materialistic, where, you know, random matter happens to create consciousness, like the way, you know, if, if it's not like a light bulb producing light, but rather something quite different. And that when what is the relationship between our perceiving and our imagining and our creating? Because I feel that these are these processes are linked together. And that the, the more, the better your conceptual map of how that works, the schematic, you might say, then the more accurately and the more reliably you could help make the necessary adjustments, not just for yourself, but um, for the, the world you live in. And that's, uh, this is where it, instead of being like, um, you know, one of the classic Philip K. Dick scenarios is someone uh, finding themselves um, in a chaotic situation that they feel they have, they're, suddenly they're in a different universe. <laughs> That's an example of, you know, you wake up one day and uh, the world is not what you, it, it used to be. It's like having a major Mandela effect, you know, and then thinking, well, how do I get back to my reality? Can I get back? And you can see how it is possible to get from that position of floundering to a position of actually realizing, Hey, wait a minute, this is like a lucid dream. 
And I don't know if you know, you probably have firsthand experience of, of waking up inside a dream. And, oh, sure. uh, Sometimes. and then if you have the experience of lucid dreaming enough, do you feel like it can affect how you perceive waking life? Mm-hmm. And does waking life feel more dreamlike than it used to? Because um, I, I, I sense that for me, the firsthand experience of being human has a slightly more insubstantial quality. It's hard to put, you know, hard to quantify it. But I don't know if you've personally felt that way in terms of how the world feels, how it feels to be alive compared to decades ago. Do you, do you well, sense I can't think. <laughs> I don't know how they felt decades ago. One always presumes that the you know the the nexus of your reality is how it should feel, in a sense. Mm-hmm. In, in in the Philip K. Dick kind of analogy that you're saying, where it's like, oh, I've been you know I'm a fish out of water. What the fuck do I do? Kind of thing. Um, yeah. Part of that psychodrama or whatever is to learn how to accept things. It's tricky because you know, you can never go back to the same thing twice in a sense. And there's whole movies uh, based off of like, we've got to get back to our timeline or, you know, whatever. Um, right. And I, I'm just, I mean, Endgame even uh, with the whole Marvel universe where they're like, there was only so much they could do really. Um, there were like the emperor card was saying there's like, there's kind of um, fixed parameters to things. We mm-hmm. don't, I don't, I don't know if we have the capacity to understand it at a multidimensional level, all the ins and outs of that some cultures like the Mayans might've had a, a code and, you know, they, whether it's genetic or cultural or whatever, um, per, we're perceiving reality in a fundamentally different possible way than maybe Northern Europeans versus, you know, Tongans or whatever. So it's like what we tend to do is flatten everything and say it's all equal because of materialism, essentially, where it's like, well, we've gotten down to these constituent parts. And that means it's all this one soup of happening. Um, and that's kind of why I guess that uh, modern physics kind of lends itself more to a Hindu static electric dream or something like that. It's like it, it's a whole probability see, and oh my gosh, it, it's very Mystern and esoteric in terms of perceptual sciences. Now they're kind of hitting the limits of our percept. You know, the hadron collider is kind of the limit of materials smashing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Have you heard of Bernardo Kastrup, by the way? Mm-mm. Well, Bernardo Kastrup is actually one of the most articulate um, philosophers on the subject of idealism, that is to Mm. say consciousness and reality are one thing. And he actually used to work at CERN. So I don't know how much, uh, what his role was back then, but he's probably a physicist and as well as a philosopher. And uh, he's very articulate. And I think that he is... He brings what I, I value about his statements is that he is able to condense um, his vision of, of down to its very basics. You know, doesn't, that doesn't require any kind of appeal to invisible friends. It's really very much grounded, and yet it's cosmic, and it's really it's something I can you know it's refreshing because it you know there's so much baggage that comes with. Uh, if you're self-described as a mystic or spiritual, or you've got, you know, some metaphysics going on, there's all this extra stuff. And Bernardo uh, is coming at it from very, it, it could say the minimalist version. And that way you can really, you know, he's taking on materialist philosophers on a regular basis. On that level, he is uh, making... Also check uh, it out. Bernardo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you for yeah. links or whatever. It's funny because even just how you phrase that is like, 
it's a very, I mean, I'm not saying you're guilty of this, but we come from a condition of like, let's just hush all the superstitions. Let's get to the brass tacks. Um, and in a weird way, supernatural phenomenon is a kind of normal, like dreaming. I don't see ghosts or anything, but like these kind of things are transcultural, transtemporal kind of things. Typically, there's only one person in the, or a few people in the community who are like stoic, ascetic, you know, materialists who are like, I don't see or experience anything. In a sense, I'm, what I'm kind of getting at is most people are metaphysicians. Uh, the burden of proof I would suggest is on the materialists <laughs> uh, because large numbers of people tend to report friends in other places or, you know, whatever. I think it might be very relative to the person's experience, DNA, all sorts of like factors that are so individual that, you know, a Tongan ghost might be not the same thing as a Macbeth ghost or whatever. But um, anyway, I just thought it was funny that you said that because I'm not saying you're guilty of thinking of that way, but we're so steeped in the soup of, of um, empirical reality and like, let's get, you know, uh, that's, uh, we've had uh, Rupert Sheldrake on, that's one of his points was like, there's dogmas in science that are really not necessary, but they give them a sense of concreteness and, um, you know, firmness of belief, I guess. Uh, some people believe in God after, you know, they've seen a miracle. Some people believe in God because math works or, you know what I mean? So it's like uh, people yeah. have different ev evidences, I guess you could say. Well, that again, we're, when it comes when it comes to um, updating reality maps, um, part of what we're always dealing with is um, is uh, the way we um, use language and how the, our our vocabulary is loaded with loaded words, you know, uh, such as spirit or um, soul or God or you know, and uh, or reality. I sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. And uh, the map is the territory, right? So it's like when we start yeah. saying, "Oh, it's the periodic table." It's like there's more to life than the periodic table, though. That's a very heavy informer of the of a perception of a level of perceptive reality. Um, it seems mm -hmm. consistent enough, or whatever, right? But uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm seeing all sorts of stuff kind of popping up, chats and stuff. Um, just for instance, just to give you a, a for instance of how language affects our view, and then it. In turn, it may affect. It may become a, like a thought form with a life of its own. Is the notion of the the whole concept of ascension or of just viewing uh, spirituality as along a vertical axis, right? And you're either you know you're up or you're down. And we clearly you know at least in our tr our uh, civilization we've put value on the upward um, uh, side of the axis and. Uh, supposing, and that naturally leads, I'm not surprised it would lead to hierarchies. Um, and all, and I now wonder, supposing instead of having this kind of flatland view of, you know, the, the two dimensions and then the one going up, supposing from, and uh, supposing we were able to view things more uh, like a, a sphere, uh, or with layers going outwards from a center, would that just that conceptualization alter the way that we view our relationship with whatever is out there? Um, so it isn't it isn't just oh, looking up. Like you know, here you are at the at the entry level, and then there's all these superiors going all the way up, right? Supposing it, the view is actually quite different than that, and supposing if you are at the center, then 
you know, or something is at the center and then everything is spreading outward from it. That's a very different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Three-dimensional. In other words, in other words, um, and supposing then you come, that would cause you to think, well, okay, what then is at the center of it, the very center of that sphere? Would we say that's you? Would you say that's the God? And would you be able to, or would you just say it's the same thing? And then that, you know, in other words, you have a first-person perspective right now as a human being, and you are at the center of that universe. And that's mm-hmm. what everybody the else. Is in me. Yeah. Everybody else on this planet, on this thin skin of the earth, is experiencing that perspective just from you know different sure. different coordinates. Okay, you know, you're off in 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 Colorado, and I'm up here in California. But we're having these kind of parallel experiences of the first person human, right? And but imagine that this could also be um, your. You could say that we're at the center of a planetarium, and the screen that we're looking out at the cosmos is actually like the interior of the of your own mind or God's mind. That, the planetary, that's a different perspective, I would imagine, than uh, the, you know, being uh, part of a pyramid, right? Because <laughs> you remember how that, the pyramid motif seems to be go back to the beginnings of this now decrepit civilization. And perhaps now it is, we could maybe graduate from that, and there's some other forms we could conceive of power. and our graduation? ascend <laughs> so i mean it's embedded in our in our nature i think it's a both end they're not mutually exclusive so on the one hand with your circles and spheres it's like that is how like like you are more than your flesh and then you go out a little it's like you're your community your household then you're the globe so i think these kinds of russian doll nestings is is a level of it and then at the same time i think the idea with ascension is like you know the pleiadians that are coming back and channeling this information are you in the future uh, it's not that they're better than; it's just another degree. So, from their position, yeah. in a sense, they're looking up. It, it, it's almost non-oriented in a sense. Um, but to make sense of things, we orient it. Uh, maybe that's part of being a uh, having an inner ear equilibrium thing. It might be physiologically de- demanded of us. I mean, we have gravity, yeah. so it's like, well, I mean, of course, everything is relative. But it's like some things stack differently in sediments for example because of their weight distribution that doesn't make them qualitatively better or worse in a in, in a in a particularly uh, uh you know the king is more valued like a king won't be a king if he doesn't have a kingdom made up of what individuals that are much lower quote unquote in the hierarchy so his position is dictated by the the other it's not that he's better or worse it's like he has a position here of whatever rulership power influence over or just the same thing like you over your body right like oh my fingers i'm king of my body but it's like if you don't have body parts like you're not king of much so it's like i i it seems that it's, it's it goes both ways like and that's where the humility comes in like aragorn in lord of the rings knows that he needs the hobbits and he knows that they're his friends and he looks at them as integral parts of his circle his sphere he uh, it's not just about his boromir sphere and like what can i do for my gain and all this shit um we all have that position it seems um and it's like polarization it's like you can have you can have self-awareness and selfhood that's positively polarized which is like i'm going to create beauty 
for others and myself. I'm going to expand my consciousness and my vibrations or, you know, whatever, like that kind of energy. Or there's a kind of a consumer negative, we're all consumers at some level, so I'm not hating on that, but there's this kind of self-serving thing, like Boromir is like, I want the ring for my political ends. <laughs> um, whereas Frodo is like, I don't even want to get fucking caught up in this, but I'll do it because no one else will. So they're both kings in a sense, but then their polarity is a little different, self-service and service to others. And then at the end of the day, uh, Frodo wasn't even going to fucking jump in the cave. Uh, you had to have Gollum come in. It's almost like Lucifer or Judas or something. It's like <laughs> he bit the finger off to cause him to snap out of the trance because he Frodo failed ultimately in, in the I mean, if you look at it that way. Um, so I don't know. I, I, in a sense, I, I bet there's limits to our understanding that we're okay with and we've asked for. So um, things like gender, uh, there's li limits there and we're working within those parameters. That's kind of what the age is. But it seems like, you know, um, to be able to fertilize or be fertilized is a paradigm <laughs> and you're kind of one or the other. Um, and it's not that women are better or men are better. It's like, they need each other. It's symbiotic. So I think even in hierarchy, it's symbiotic. Hmm. Well, certainly one of the, I could say that I wouldn't, um, I don't want to be dismissive about the contributions that these previous, these now, because after all, for instance, the preservation of, you know, part of the function of a civilization is to preserve whatever is best about it. At least that's what one of the hopes anyway. So some of these hierarchies on earth, you know, human beings hierarchies have been able to um, carry on traditions, keeping certain ideas alive. And that's something, you know, continuity kind of counts for, for uh, I think. Um, and um, But the whole point of the Roman Empire is it's self-serving. So it's like, hey, Celts, you either submit or die, like sublimate or die, <laughs> which is very self-serving. Um, it is what it is because it's like you could put it in the perspective of like the time of the Celts had ended. The dinosaurs disappeared at some point for reasons beyond their will, volition, or something like that. Um, it's tricky stuff because I think, in a sense, it's more dynamic and flowing than we would perceive. But because we're trapped in bodies and perspectives and have trauma and all sorts of stuff, um, we tend to think of, you know, at this point, we're like, hierarchies are bad. And it's like, well, <laughs> You know, uh, I've heard enough Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan to think that they seem intrinsic. And then, then it's just how are we polarizing to these things, basically. So it's like, you know, ice is ice. It's not water. It doesn't make it good mm. or bad. Um, it has mm. very different values than liquid and gas is totally different. They're all one thing. So in the sense, like the circle encompasses all three. But then they each have their own circles of perceptibility. I guess if they had first-person perspective or whatever, that are fundamentally different. You know, ice would be like I'm strong and hard, and liquid would be like I'm I'm flowy or whatever the personification position would be. Um, yeah, I, I would say that um, the um, if if indeed we are moving toward a, a transition between one civilization and another, um, one of the key issues I believe that has yet to be worked out is. Uh, balancing the individual versus the collective. Yeah. And you can see, we can see again and again how um, the systems we've had so far have, uh, you know, either succeeded or failed in, in um, balancing the two so that every ind individuals can feel that this is worthwhile, that 
uh, this is actually something worth investing in and defending if necessary. Um, when civilizations fall, it's partly because people no longer believe it is worth defending. Or the center is isn't holding. Maybe it is a beyond belief issue. So like, uh, okay, for example, because when we're talking about empires, it's like Asian empires are very different than Western empires. I mean, hmm. typically, right? Like uh, in Japan, you've got people being like, I'll kill myself for honor. Well, that doesn't typically happen in the West as much. I mean, chivalry is a thing, hmm. sure. But like, uh, they were like, I want to go kill the king and be the king as opposed to like, well, I'm going to exit stage left now. Yeah, I would say that if there was a primary difference, it might be the balance of the, which is whether the collective outweighs the individual. Because that's, again, that, that you, what you're describing sounds like, um, you know, the, um, the Eastern Asian civilizations tended to value the collective over the individual. And the notion of individual ambition, of distinguishing oneself, and historically, that's a relatively recent idea that has started to percolate into places like Japan and China. And yep. um, whereas on this side, the Western, you know, the European, humble ourselves a little. I would say that we've been um, promoting the individual in a big way for centuries, and it has had some remarkable results. And I don't think we want to lose that. It's just a matter of, you know, and, but part of the, I would say the, the right now, the um, one of the issues that complicates the individual collective um, dynamic is that we don't really inhabit, we're now noticing that we don't inhabit the same reality. And if there are, there's enough variation, it's almost like we're just the fact that we have different points of view will cause a kind of bifurcation um, or a um, breakup into, or a fragmentation of society. And, uh, I would Even imagine right now in America, the only thing that's holding us together is the dollar. I mean, we yeah, have, well, you know, Portland is not Dallas, <laughs> and that's been the case yeah. for a long time. So, sir, it's just a funny time. I think, I mean, how would I even put it? It's it's exactly where we need to be, but that but different trajectories have different trajectories. I mean, you know, um, so Asian cultures had to go through a very particular kind of understanding of things, and I think they're mm -hmm. kind of shifting gears to more of a western thing hopefully kind of coming into a middle path place it's not all about like submission to the honor of a group or you know group think um individualism does matter you're not just one in a you know sea of same um but there's definitely obviously repercussions to being so hyper individualistic that um you know the west and particularly america is having identity crisis because of this um things that were foundational to core beliefs, whether it's, you know, Judeo-Christian principles or government and family or whatever, like these things are, and I'm not even a conservative. It sounds like I'm really conservative, but it's like the nature of what it means to be human is changing. And that means that um, systems of I, cataloging reality are mutating also, also. So, you know, one point, like, I mean, we look back and laugh, but the, you know, there were men in the, um, and I, I think Jordan Peterson was saying on the last Joe Rogan podcast that, a typical pattern before a civilization decline is gender fluidity and kind of like exploring, you know, 
it's a disintegration of polarity and like rigidity because yeah. typically what happens is like, Hey, we're going to build the tower of Babel. We're doing it. Oh my gosh. What are we? Who are we? Oh, I'm going. And then it just kind of dissolves and then other yeah. towers form. And, and it just, and the, the issue now, I guess more than ever is globalization with the internet. So we're all aware of like real time change globally. So South Korea is dealing with a very different kind of situation and North Korea it, and their whole little situation is very different than the America, which is very different than Austria. Um, and yet we're all, we're all human and we're all doing these things. It's, it's a crazy time. Uh, I, I, in a sense, I think it is, um, I think a lot of dimensions are bleeding in. If you've seen uh, the Spider-Man into the multiverse or something like that, um, yeah. you know how they're in the, in their standard mode reality. And then all of a sudden they have breaking in like lampposts, street lampposts, like look all like technicolor and jarbled. I think things like that are occurring, maybe not so overt, um, I've been reading enough, you know, weird stuff lately. Voyager's material and uh, Bringers of the Dawn. I'm reading right now with my fiance, um, which is a Pleiadian channel book talking about this kind of stuff. But it's like the, we tend to presume, oh, what's here is all there is, and it's like we could get into a clock position where, oh wow, there's an ancient ruin now where there wasn't one before because we're in a different harmonic resonance and we're able to witness different things. I, I think it's so much more weird and diverse and complicated like that um, that in a sense you know, the dream is collapsing in a very kind of inception sense. And, but that doesn't mean, you know, you just go to the next level. I mean, you ascend. <laughs> so it's like once one dream collapses, you just pop up, up and wake up in another one. And then it's like infinite kind of regression issues. But, um, yeah. Um, I was curious whether you feel the sense of, of limitations or if limitations are actually being transcended when you're, you know, your comprehension is, um, is changing over time. I've, oh, I've changing. for sure. Mine's changing. I'm, I'm becoming more, I'm, I'm trying to be more in my heart, but I'm, I've been for the, I mean, until recently getting more and more, well, for the past two years, and there's a lot of astrological reasons for this, but it's like, I've been more cynical and afraid. And I think the point is to confront the fear. That doesn't mean you're just going to run in with a grin and have all the answers. We get this idea that it's like, Oh, I'm just going to Neo matrix this and control everything and be on top. And it's like, even in the um, Marvel movie where Dr. Strange has this ability to see multiple timelines, he's like, there's only one where it works out where we want it that way. You know, it's like in an infinite mm -hmm. sea of options, it's like what we actually want only happens one out of a bajillion or whatever he was saying. So um, I think in a sense, I this is the hard way to put it. Parts of myself that were addicted to reality in certain ways is dying, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like my commitment to the idea of political process. I'm not a nihilist. But it's like, you know, government's a sham, but we should try. I mean, it, it's, it's a tricky time. I mean, I think you yeah. have to die and then be born again kind of thing. Here's a, here's a thought that might be, I don't know if it's a value to others, but it has occurred to me that, uh, that we, each of us, in, given our circumstances, could be playing different roles that are actually, even though they might seem quite different, almost to the point of being diametrically opposed, they might actually be serving a common purpose, such oh, as for sure. you're, for instance, if you're <laughs> there are some folks who are heavily invested in the system as it is, and they will, they might want to engage in um, rescue efforts to salvage the ship as it's going yeah. down. And yet it might seem futile. It might even seem counterproductive to others. However, perhaps, they're actually buying us time 
for the folks who are attempting to create the next civilization or get to the lifeboats at least. Because, I mean, we all, you know, uh, if you are in supposing, if I were 30 years younger, for instance, I would be seriously considering, uh, um, you know, intentional communities out in the, you know, out, way out in the country doing permaculture, uh, getting, what, you know. What's preventing you from doing this now? I'm just curious. You're just so yeah, embedded I, in your lifestyle. Like, well, the thing is that I'm accustomed to living a certain way. I'm good at it in the sense, and I think that starting uh, something on that scale, a change of that scale might not feel... Um, be scary. Feel like when the time is ready, everybody oh. will join. If it really happens wow. the way you described it, there will be a bifurcation, which I'm not even sure, because honestly, I'm not 100% certain if the other model, which is not, let's say, going back to live in harmony with nature, whatever this means exactly, I don't think it's very viable. At least, you know, according to the alien stories, there are realities where it can kind of work out, but even then it fails mm -hmm. eventually. And with mm -hmm. what they're doing now, like, I don't know how much, you know, EMF radiation, bad air, bad food, yeah, and toxic spraying Eden, we've left it. <laughs> humans can, can really take, you know, and, and, you know, whatever crazy drug therapies, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, I'm not sh exactly sure if there will be a strong a bifurcation. They look like the greys, Raphael. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they yeah, really yeah. That way. yeah, they look like the greys. And like, uh, I'm bringing this up again, Alex Jones said, looking at some, you know, very, let's say, tyrannical um, administrative people, he says they look so ashen. So they already start kind of mm -hmm. looking grey. I'm not exactly sure what the issue is they're having or, you know, if they're human or whatever. I really don't know, but they look ashen. And the way I'm bringing this up, um, you may not have heard this yet. I'll bring it up again. Are you familiar with uh, Stargate, Wayne? So, well, you're talking about the science fiction um, yeah. series, the movie. Yes, I am. And the interesting thing is there is one particular episode highly recommended to watch about the ashen which is the idea of an alien advanced race humanoid looking coming to the earth and in this particular case curing people of all disease by giving them some injection therapy and a few years later they realize that fertility has gone down like this and then they have to tunnel back but there at least you know they made people let's say super immune or something in the current scenario i don't really see that to be the case so i'm in an overall sense wondering if there will be a bifurcation because i'm i'm questioning the viability of the non-natural route you know mid-term even mm. but even yeah, if well, it were to happen just to kind of comfort you if it really were to happen i'm sure there would be a huge exodus or whatever or massive amounts of people which is again why I'm even wondering if the second thing will really be so strong because I see well more than 50% ultimately saying, you know, like I'm not going to go along with some China type control system or whatever, you know, who really wants that, you know, uh, even people in positions of supposed authority, you know. Um, but anyways, even if it were to bifurcate like this, I'm sure there'd be so many people that it would become very easy to join parallel structures. What I can tell you is they are being built right now the crisis only accelerated that. So I want to say mm -hmm. if the control system plays around much longer, people are just going to build their completely on systems. They're going to quit. It's going to be left yeah. in the dust, you know. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like all technology seems, gets left it, behind for innovation. And the innovation is more in harmony with nature. It doesn't mean we have to go live in huts and mud cloth, you know, loincloth and not speak English. Like, who knows? It could be as dramatic as we just shift and go, oh, my God, I'm spirit. We're... we're um, have you seen Lost, the show Lost? No, I have not. Oh, my <laughs> God. 
commit. It's worth it. I just watched it in twice speed. I saw it when it dropped originally, and I just watched it last month or whatever for two weeks. Um, your your question is answered in that show, but if I say anything about it, it, it will blow it. But it's like you have people who are perceiving that they're working for different means. I won't get into details, but it's like you know, good versus bad or whatever, however you want to look at that, like self-serving versus collectivist. or It, it manifests in very various ways through various characters. But ultimately, at the end, you pull back and it's like, you know, every, you know, every, I mean, to have a story, you need tension and dynamics and, you know, multiple perspectives and uh, we're in a story. It would be very boring if we all just agreed and didn't have much to talk about. But now it's getting into a place where we're so individual and so self-righteous that we're killing each other (laughs) or whatever, you know, like there's, we got to pull back a little and be like, you know what? It's not all about like, you know, my retirement plan or my comfort zone. We've, we've, at least in the West, we've been raised so much to think that we're the center of the universe, which in some abstract way we are, um, that we're actually letting the world around us collapse. As long as we're comfortable, who cares? Draw freestyle. Hmm. I mean, we're petulant in that sense. And I think there's going to be a reckoning for that kind of energy, but there's a lesson there. We've asked for it. And then people, you know, in like whatever Jakarta and stuff who are living, you know, so, you know, uh, places that are third world, um, maybe they don't have VR issues and cryptocurrency worries. Um, maybe they're worried about just getting clean water. Their lessons are exactly what they've asked for. Um, and in a sense, if the, if nukes go off or an MPEMF goes off or solar flare, the people who are closely more tied to the rhythms of Gaia, um, whatever that might mean, are going to be more adaptive than the people who are flung out in their, you know, in their VR on crypto, you know, on a, on a yacht in the Pacific, it's like, if there's no electricity, all of a sudden, good luck. <laughs> um, but we can't be catastrophic like that. I mean, I think we're in catastrophic times, Yeah, but life, life finds because a way. you mentioned this, Frank Zero mm-hmm. is a, apologizing. I'm not sure if he said apologizing, mm-hmm. but he's excusing himself, rain check, mm-hmm. he said, and also just yeah, wanted okay. to mention because the con- his connection isn't working, he's sharing it with some people using the TV or something, and like Netflix is clogging your bandwidth or something like that. And he also just yeah, wanted okay. to say, basically saying that the trauma may be the amnesia itself. Yeah. So the trauma may be the amnesia about the, the past history overall, and also maybe mm-hmm. this catastrophic events, and that also... I mean, even in movies or whatever, you always have this guy, you know, the end is near, and so on, you know, like holding up the sign, right? Um, yeah. And... I would honestly assume that there has been some kind of catastrophe. You know, there's even the debate whether the events in the Bible, including apocalypse, actually may already have happened. Maybe I've heard about this, just putting it in a different... That's the whole Philip K. Dick thing. I mean, he's like, we're actually stuck in a time loop. And this is all... But but then again, just to translate, what would time loop mean other than an artificial, (laughs) you know, terrarium reset society where you have a colonial administrative structure masquerading as different countries and powers and governments setting up all kinds of, you know, fake oppositions um, just to make sure, in my point of view, and I guess Steve Wilner at least would agree, just so that people don't muster the strength and courage to actually go explore the Antarctic, you know, because probably, you know, there's all the resources and tech there or whatever, you know. So we're really being kept in a in a small a holographic implant. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's the Phil Dick line again of the empire never ended, and exactly, from yes. his, exactly. You know, so the that is the power of of a of a thought form. You could say a collective thought form that just continues to echo through the centuries. It's a rather astonishing thing, and that's why, why you know I. Um, 
I might have the concept of a, um, an ecosystem of consciousness, which is not controlled by anybody. There's no top or bottom to it. It's spontaneous life itself. And yet at the same time, in addition to that, there seems to be this kind of what um, Phil Dick called the black iron prison and which um, apparently there is a spiritual process of how to get, how does, how, how does, um, you know, um, ultimate consciousness break out of its own, out of the prison, you know, you cosmology built up of, of, um, you know, um, the, the logos and Sophia and, you know, it was very, in other words, neo-gnostic type style, um, um, con concepts. And I just go, well, okay, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe that process is still going on that whole, how do you bust out of the black iron prison and what does live, you know, and I, I, every day, as far as my own version of, uh, of, um, Ma a magical habit. I, when I wake up, I try to affirm to myself that I'm on the timeline where everyone wakes up, but I'm not going to be too specific about the how and the when, what that means, because uh, waking up could mean quite different things to different people. Um, but I'm in favor of it. And uh, so I don't know if, <laughs> if, if, if you engage in any kind of like, uh, you know, um, regular reality shifting because that might be part of what helps us get along, um, get to a, a softer landing, for instance. Um, cause after all, I mean, a lot of my, friends, yeah, just to talk about one specific circumstance, a lot of my friends, um, got the vaccine and I'm hoping that they all survive it, you know, as well as uh, surviving whatever permutations of the, of the virus are out there. You know, I'm I'm not even going to promote one, you know, a pathway for the righteous and the other folks. Well, too bad for them. I really care about everybody. I want as many people to make it through this period as, as uh, especially I'm playing favorites or people that I like. Right. So for sure. You know, you folks who are in the same position. Right. So my family, mostly, I think I'm the only one not vaccinated at this point to some degree. Um, who, if anybody's wishing death upon somebody who would get vaccinated, they're psychopathic. The whole point is at some level, people have the right to make their choices. That's what the whole argument really is. If some group is like, we're afraid, so we're going to force you to conform to our behavior. That's a, that's what I'm dealing with. Where, and if you're not vaccinated, you understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's, um, but I'm I, not wishing I had to deal with this while I continue to deal with it because of San Francisco, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. I can't. I, I don't want to block your uh, your your your, your video just froze. Oh, I don't know why. Maybe it's low bandwidth. No, you're good to talk. No, you're both fine on the stream. You can continue. Wayne, if you can still hear us. Now, both of you, right now, I'm seeing, I'm hearing choppy video, and I'm wondering, can you hear? Our, you know, we is can, my voice coming through? You, we can hear you as well, or is it also true? Right, you're normal. You're normal. I'll say okay. it. You're normal. <laughs> um, you're all you're all good. In the worst case, what you can do, you can refresh okay. the site and just rejoin if it keeps being choppy. Well, at the uh, moment, it's okay. So we'll right continue. 
Yeah. I mean, the, uh, look, the good way to, I mean, uh, it's a weird analogy, but it's like technology isn't good or bad, but like there's consequences to using it or not. So we become, you know, it, it might not seem like a big difference between choosing to fish, you know, with a blow dart in the woods versus using a fishing line. And then that, that extrapolates eventually to like some people want to try to leave the earth with a rocket. And then some people are very happy with the symbiosis of nature. It's not so much that one's good or one, one's bad, but I guess I would say if I ever talk about the vaccine in any way, I'm like, there's probably consequ- unforeseen consequences to some of the actions they're taking that they think are self-preserving. It's coming from a place of fear and self-preservation. And that's the, that's the trump card that's being used on them, essentially. I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah, well, but- <laughs> certainly, at the, at the very least, there seems to be a dynamic of, of um, loss of autonomy, and that's something that, you know, in other words, people giving up their autonomy because they're afraid. And I think that the common denominator, though, for all for all of us is that we would all like the we could all say we would all like the pandemic to end and to have, you know, as few people harmed as possible. I think everybody can. And maybe we're just looking at different pathways to get there and want and the pathway we're on looks like the better one. Obviously, so that's how that's just the nature of the the, the perspective. Everybody, it's probably the more sovereign know. one. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, at, well, at the very least, I feel more sovereign. Yeah. Well, you see, here we got the the whole um, where um, there was a control agenda going on, and that's you know after seeing the if the longer perspective you take in terms of how power works in in, in the empire the more you can see, oh, well, here we go again, yet another attempt to um, corral people and make them behave more like livestock. And that's, um, uh, and it is, it's fortunate that there is resistance. I'm glad that uh, it's not, uh, people aren't uh, just rolling over for this. And um, we certainly- manifest differently, right? Some people want to go protest and throw Molotov cocktails. That's cool. I'd rather talk mm-hmm. about it and just avoid. Maybe that's not, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for this, but it's like everybody's going to kind of find, I mean, we're, we're accountable for our actions and our will, but then at the same time, you're exactly in the lessons you need. So even mm-hmm. if in a sense you screw up or whatever, let's, let's just say all of a sudden you, you know, you find that you've taken the musk brain implant and you're fully vaccinated and you're still not happy. <laughs> um, it's like, I think redemption is a thing at some level. Uh, I don't know how that all works in a, you know, ultimately, but I, in a weird way, I mean, it's very new agey or something, but it's like this is this is consciousness exploring all the potentials of what could be, and that means there's going to be a lot of ways that manifest. And the when it's earlier on in the game, there's probably less moves. You know, like at the very beginning of a chess game, it's like there's only so many moves that are available. Um, by the mm-hmm. end, it's like, look, this is this whole you know towards the end of the game, it's like this couldn't be any other way, right? So we're kind of looking at ourselves at a position where it's like, of course, it's this way. We've had you know a male. I mean, I'm not even like like hyper liberal, like kind of a feminist or anything like that. But I'm saying we've had a very, um, you know, a, a, a lo- an imbalance in certain values. Um, largely we've been led by our impulses. So, you know, McDonald's is going to put fats and salts in the food, which our bodies are evolved to seek out. So people are going to seek out McDonald's. Um, and then we learn eventually that it's not that great for you. And they're just trying to make a quick buck and all this shit. But, um, 
it's all good. And I think coming, I mean, I know it's hard to believe that sometimes, but it's all good. And we just have, it doesn't mean it's nihilistic and like, Oh, you got to just roll over and accept things. But I think acceptance is, is the beginning of a lot of things. If you can accept actually that, you know, you have free will and yet you're a part of situations that maybe you have less influence over than others. It's like, we, we, I'm Raphael might be able to speak better on this. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of rambling about stuff that yeah, I, uh, I feel I believe, like, but I mean, it's hard. Well, one of the things that, uh, when I was mentioning that, uh, you know, I, I made a, a big choice last year to leave my job. Well, Would you remind us what were you working as just to understand like what kind of sector oh, you're leaving? Uh, my, my, my day job was, I was, uh, a file clerk in a law firm. So this was, uh, very much what I call, you know, legal. Um, but they also so, don't yeah. care too much about the constitution there. It seems. <laughs> Sorry. It's very much what you call an office drone type of job. Mm. You know, it's you the can Matrix, see the same. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> in multiple situations, there's always going to be somebody who's just shuffling the documents, right? And um, other people are higher up, or you know, raking in the big money. And it was very much. In fact, it was very much. Uh, like in the service of the the one percent of the you know in terms of the strata that we are operating in and uh, but the thing that was like the last straw was that they had a mandatory vax policy and um, I would from when, if I may ask when, when did they start with that mandate when did they introduce it that was actually in the summer um, this was before um, uh, Biden was even talking about making a mandatory nationwide um, policy. This was something that they decided in. And I decided, you know, I figured, well, I already knew that the job could mostly be done online. And uh, I could even arrange to be in the office when nobody else was there on the weekend. But they wouldn't go for it. So I decided, well, I'm not going to fight over this. I, I can probably leave now and be okay. And so, um, and I, a whole bunch of other people over the past couple of years have left also, but they might have had quite different reasons. Some of them might actually have retired, you know, but um, I, I don't, I'm certainly feeling like this was probably a good move, um, not just um, for health and autonomy, but also that I get to do creative writing. Creative pursuits, yeah. Forget the and drone world. Now you get to do your own thing. Oh yeah. I could say that this is uh, this really. I feel like I'm on track as far as why I'm here, and not and it helps a lot not to have to, uh, you know, be in that whole nine to five thing which saps a lot of energy and all that time too. So, um, so. Cause I'm like, you know, there is a need for real economy, but isn't like much of, especially the whole, you know, legal world, much of it and all kinds of bureaucracies and all kinds of intelligence services and so on, just mm -hmm. basically a control structure to manage the population whilst at the same time serving to extract any potential creativity and love and energy out of that sad population to oppress itself in a way, no? Maybe you disagree, but especially with like legal stuff, no? Well, yeah, well, um, maintained. 
Well, you see, the, the whole notion of the empire is that it is made up of all of these components. Right. Like, you know, the big pyramid, and then within the big pyramid, there's all these little pyramids that, you know, all assemble, fit together. And um, I recognized one of, the, one of the issues on a personal level was that you give up some of your own u- uniqueness to become part of this structure that's something bigger than yourself. And I, I figure, again, this is one of the things that maybe we could um, do better than how it's, you know, the whole corporation, the corporation, the empire, uh, the government, these are all like, you know, all, they all kind of mirror each other, right? And um, we can, sh- I, I like to believe that uh, everyone who has, you know, just simply wants to make a living and not do harm, uh, you'd have they to have, structure they have different. Yeah, it's tricky because Hannah's is not on here, but um, there's a video game, and I doubt you've played it. I doubt you played Final Fantasy VII, but in Final Fantasy VII, it's this whole terrorist group, I guess you could say, rebel group, um, blowing up um, um, a power plant, basically, of a corporation. And then later, you know, so at first it's this whole self-righteous thing. It's like, us versus the man, fuck them, whatever, let's blow it up. And then, you know, you get in there and you're starting to see people on the elevator who are, like, talking to their mom on the phone, being like, oh, man, I'm making dinner. I mean, it's like, you can't become so zealous uh, for a cause that you forget human value i mean that's one of the blind spots you know if you all of a sudden you're like we're going to be the aryan race and we're going to be so awesome but fuck those minorities um or whatever the nazis did it's like that that these are the lessons we really have to learn from so it's this word tension between um understanding the value of every cell of a body in a sense like the the corporation is just a, a, a you know a bunch of entities creating it different like levels of bureaucracy maintaining an organism if you want to put it that way like a legal entity or whatever um it might have agendas that might be nefarious it might be um you know it's very it's a shadow i guess you could say of liberal kind of thinking leftist thinking to think that everything to do with money or anything to do with hierarchy or militarism or any of these things is necessarily bad I mean, if you look at the animal kingdom, they've, you know, you'll like uh, in uh, meerkats, it's like they've got guards, they've got military and warning systems and stuff. It's like self-preservation is natural to a degree. But when you start like not namaste or however, if you start devaluing the other and thinking of yourself alone, that's when things get all distorted and weird because then you're going to like, it's like Cain and Abel. It's all, all of a sudden you're so worried about your favoritism with God that you're willing to smash some dude's skull and not even contemplate that that's you or whatever um uh, yeah well that that's yeah. the waking up part that i'm actually you know when you you're there recognizing the ones is clearly the, the gonna be part of our you know getting the passing grade if we look at humanity as having you know final exams time you know I want humanity to really yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's partly why I'm doing the the creative stuff because and maybe I think in a weird way, that's perfect. Like you're, uh, how would I put this? You, I, I've no, I mean, I don't know you that well, Wayne, but I know you well enough, I guess, as a, an acquaintance or you know, friend, uh, online friend. Um, you are of the light. Let's put it that way. You're about expansion and openness and stuff. You don't have to get all new age about it, but like some people are not like that. I mean, this is what team rabbit hole kind of is about where it's like, look, we're all going down the rabbit hole and figuring things out, but we all have kind of a slant. 
and it doesn't mean we're all doing it perfectly. I mean, I still believe in grace and compassion and shit like that. It's like, we're learning. It's a school for learning. So you're not just going to ace every exam. And if, you know, and my God, if you've ever seen Chariots of Fire, it's a really good movie. Um, if you always ace the exam, failure is so much worse, you know, when you expect to always win and then you're, you know, it's taken away from you. That's when you can get all like psychotic and weird. Um, I actually value your input because though you're, I mean, I'm 36, I don't know how old you are, but it's like, you're a generation ahead of me. I feel, um, I think you've, you played the game on the terms of the world and succeeded enough. So you're not like, you know, John the Baptist just sitting in the riverbed in, you know, loincloths or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you have kept your perspective and your values, even though you're, I mean, you're, you know, the children, the kingdom of God belongs to kids or whatever. And what does that mean? Like openness, curiosity, joy, participation. I mean, kids can have tantrums and kids can be selfish and have moments of idiocy, but by and large, kids want to play and have fun. And you're just a kid on the playground. And then there's some kids who are literally psychopathic who are like, like in uh, there will be blood. It's like, I want my sandcastle and I want your sandcastle. And I want, you know, it's like, holy shit. And we kind of have to, I mean, it's tricky. How does one deal with a virus of, of soul? Uh, because at some level, they're just teaching us a lesson and they're learning a lesson that they've all signed up for. Raphael, if you want to jump in at any point, I'm sure you could speak more eloquently on this than I am. Um, at some point it's okay. Like in a way it's acceptable, but in another way, it's like, why do we root for the underdog? Why do we want not like, why would we prefer Ned Stark over Joffrey in power because we ultimately we're all kids on the playground. And then some of us have just really fucking forgotten it and gotten so inside of themselves that they're just lost causes or however you want to put it. But you still got to, I mean, you quarantine them, I guess, but like, yeah. I don't know. Raphael, what are you going to say? Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess they figured out that that's what's going to happen to them. So they quarantined everybody else first, you know? So one thing maybe to mention <laughs> yeah. is, uh, you know, Although we oftentimes draw the comparisons, and even here the the contemplation would be that animals actually could be nothing but reflections of our own state of consciousness, meaning if they are very predatory and so on, they are only reflecting our own behavior. So I wouldn't, you know, uh, make conclusions based on their behavior in terms of human behavior. Also, humans have certain capacities and certain complexities, I want to say, that animals simply do not have in the same sense. Again, doesn't make anyone better or worse, but it is something different. Opposable and, thumbs go a long way. And well, <laughs> among other things, yeah. And also, especially what you mentioned at the beginning, Wayne, this idea of an intuition. I mean, Animals are highly intuitive, so I'm not even drawing a comparison there, but just saying that we are not a mechanistic, deterministic system at all. That's only the, mm -hmm. you know, scarcity, low-level, uh, confused, forgotten imprint. Exactly. That yeah. assumes that in an attempt to control everything, but it comes from a quite, I want to say, starved uh, state of mind, because I think the reason why they want to have your sandcastle and yours and yours, and actually I don't want you to have on the playground at all, because I think there's too many of you, is I think only because at some level maybe they still be, or actually believe it, because this whole Malthusian idea of scarcity and Newtonian physics and all of that has been in the making at least for a hundred years, probably longer in some senses. Um, so they may even believe it, but it's a, it's a misnomer. It's a wrong notion. Almost all resources are perfectly renewable if we deal with them in a somehow responsible and smart manner. There's plenty Intuitive. of land. There's yeah. plenty, of, plenty of resources. 
And most certainly, we are much more creative than this mechanistic, you know, bio machine that they maybe themselves believe we are or they are or want to make us believe we are so they can remain feeling superior and the managers of the place, wherever they got that idea from, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, I also have, you know, I see it the same way. I want to take everyone who can. And also, it's certainly not about making one decision in terms of choosing a path. One can always redirect, you know. And there is grace, as you said. Um, and also, I feel, and this is really much a feeling, and I even had a vision about this some years ago, uh, Wayne, as to what you said in terms of repetition, that I actually felt like I was, and I had a f one other one in terms of empire, that I was in some sort of authoritative position. But basically, I was unable to stop the destruction of the civilization, but I could already see it was declining. And it was incredibly frustrating feeling to be like, well, technically I would have authority, but it's already slipped away too far. And you can see because of certain societal factors or law changes and so on, that society mm -hmm. is declining. The examples just very briefly were one with Atlantis. There I wasn't even sure what the scenario was. I just had this feeling like I would like it differently, but it's not gonna work out this time which in this life brings with a strong feeling of like, oh, again, repetition of reset, we're going to make it this time. I'm not sure why I know this or think this, but this is what I choose. And the second example was from Roman Empire, which I don't believe in anymore, but anyhow, some kind of a Senate situation. And they just had passed a law to actually ban the so-called bacchanalia, which are like kind of the orgy parties they had, where I can understand that they may also have some bad effects, but the overall idea just being if you suppress that by law, it's only going to get worse, you know? Uh, so, yeah, these are the, the references I got to that whole, you know, reset and empire crumbling storyline. And we tend to presume like only humans are fucking with humans. There's multidimensional beings that are not incarnate <laughs> that might have agendas that are not for our best interest. And then so, you know, there's like so many levels. I'm not going to get into the, you yeah. have to believe in aliens. All right. Well, but, sir, uh, Oh, sorry. If you have a thought to complete, yeah, but go for it. Um, you see that was that notion of, this is a mouthful here. Uh, I'm, multi-dimensional ecosystem of consciousness is one of the first ideas that my inner guru had imparted to me um, a few years ago and i've been digesting that ever since it sounds once you unpack it it's actually not that complicated just a lot of syllables we already have a notion of what the ecosystem is like because nature is the most obvious uh, you know it's right in front of us that's an example right there of an ecosystem and it is made of consciousness and that lives all of these forms live by energy exchanges and some of it's involuntary and some of it's voluntary um, and it has no sense nature doesn't have a sense of right or wrongness it's simply seeking a survival and balance and it's it finds question. that you know all of these forms interacting spontaneously attain survival and balance and nobody has to like pull the strings or issue directives from above to make this happen it is the most amazing thing and that's where that's the ground of our being that's where we live and um then we being humans seem to be in a position to add on to that and that's where I had the feeling that the hierarchy of creators idea was something that where humans generated this 
and as a kind of grid or a template to superimpose upon um, everything that everything that's already happening. Wow. I just you know so it's that's why the reason I call it into question is not because it has no value, but rather that it is simply one construct out of many that we could be doing. And and right now, you know, there's uh, you could say there must be other possibilities and that might be more satisfactory to us because I would say that there's, a, you know, one of the, it seems like the human condition seems to be perpetually discontent, <laughs> at least as long as, you know, it seems mo- human history in general has been like, you know, people are just sort of um, putting up with things as they are and, um, and surely we could do better. And that's why I'm, simply looking at this like, oh, this is an, this could be viewed almost, you know, impartially as an engineering problem or as uh, a matter of conjuring, which, in other words, if just one important question, reality is consciousness. That's probably the reason why magic works uh, is because we're in that, we're in the position to be able to make these adjustments at the idea level and they will you know if they if they work they'll play out in our reality and it might you know some and right now we have a long lag time and maybe that's for our safety maybe it is good that we don't just manifest everything in our head that comes to our mind instantly (laughs) it could be that could be a little bit um um you know a, a bit frenetic and a little bit upsetting if it, you know so it's probably good that there's like this built-in buffer that slows down that manifesting and then we get to watch the result and then make further adjustments and at a pace that is natural to us you know undoubtedly there may be other beings out there uh are you know we might call our invisible friends who have had a lot more practice at this and can, Who is us? Um, in another dimension, I want to say not they, get they freaked just, out by they have just chosen, that whole reality uh, creating not to forget loop of you know imagining, creating, perceiving, and then it just you know that's in other words that seems to be what consciousness does, um, and uh, we're we're you know this is like school you might say you know and I I don't mind that I guess it just uh, seems though that the school concept itself that metaphor has built-in assumptions about is there somebody managing this do we have you know like a, a whole faculty and then you know is there are there classrooms and detention is there you know is, and do we graduate and what does that look like you know um anyway i'm, I'm rambling which is okay. so I have one, I have one question. Hope that's Can you guys hear me all right? At least sparking something. Okay, Wayne, you too. Yeah. So, it, so basically, um, yes, Jim, I'm here. Anybody? I'm gonna try seems, refreshing here. Yeah, it just seems to see what you happens. can't hear us. That, that would explain it. <laughs> click, 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 click. click. Oh, it's funny because Raphael, I come to a place of acceptance where it's like, yes. oh, it's all good. But then we really have so much more power of sovereign will than we ever dreamt. 
So it's like, oh yeah. I mean, he was just getting into the school thing. It's like, no, there's no detention. Like, and ask how would I? Mm-hmm. There's consequences. Hey. Um, I'm sorry, I missed, I missed what you just said. I don't know how much. Tell you. Oh. <laughs> I was just saying, oh, it's a school. Of course, it's a school, and we have sovereignty and will. It matters. Consequences matter. So if you, if you, if you circle the wrong Scantron thing, it's like, and it's the wrong answer. <laughs> It gets tricky really quick because this is the whole point yeah. of religion and culture so and stuff. To I wanted to ask a question three times. Now I can hear me again, so I can pose a question <laughs> just to understand your framework. Because in the world we see, you know, you talked about different uh, consciousness entities living by energy exchange. And in a mm-hmm. sense, one could say there is always an exchange. However, there is a difference, in my understanding, between uh, creating something, you know that I give away and only one individual can have it or whether it's a matter of transceiving frequency. So transmitting and receiving frequency, Mm -hmm. which is not something that would be used up. And on Mm -hmm. another level where there would also be some kind of, you know, either hierarchy of creators, as you put it, and there's, in my view, there is, but the way we implement it here is highly distorted, let's say. Um, but whether there is some kind of a source behind the system that we can observe, at least physically, which actually is an influx of energy, which again then would mean it isn't necessary on all levels of creation that it works through energy exchange, like you said, that it could be a transmission thing or that it could even be fueled by, you know, the one creator directly. So it would not need that type of there could still be energy exchange and information exchange but it wouldn't be a necessity for survival just like for example now a cat needs to kill a mouse and on that level to survive but there may be other levels of consciousness and awareness this would be the hierarchy hierarchy of awareness actually where this is no longer necessary um and that's also one potential where we could move towards actually yeah, well, that had sort of a, that also had occurred to me that um, that uh, because after all, we're using metaphors, and sometimes we I use sometimes technological metaphors, uh, like um, if we talk about you know energy flowing through circuits. Well, we're talking about electronics or electricity, and there's a so there that comes with its whole you know. And you can see there might be, it might be helpful and yet also have its own built-in limitations. And uh, also just like, uh, um, you know, when I'm referring to the whole notion of um, navigation of timelines, well, that right there, you've got all these, uh, already the, the syllables and the words are forming these, you know, these images of how that works. Um, and I'm still sorting it out myself. And I, um, even though, we might be, for all we know, we might be unconsciously doing timeline navigation, you know, every moment. Um, it, perhaps there is a benefit yes. to being able to, yes? This perspective, just because you mentioned this would actually be the assumption that I very much agree with, just whatever, in my feeling, in my understanding, it makes perfect sense, that we already are navigating time and space perfectly, actually, and very naturally, the only matter now would be to become aware and conscious of it. Also meaning, you know, the whole idea with so many different perspectives on the same event, or also the idea of, oh, time is passing fast, time is passing slow. 
how did I even manage to get that and make it in time and all of this, that actually we are always inserting and reinserting ourselves along the film strip of parallel realities wherever we need to appear. And this process is always managed by our higher selves, which is ourselves. The only issue up to this point has been that we had no communication with our inner guru, higher self. So we had very little bearing and understanding of that we're actually doing that. And the promise, let's say, would be that if we continue down that path of X-factor expansion of possibilities and ultimately of unconditional love towards ourselves and others, which would be the positively polarized path, that we actually, upon ascension, transformation into fourth density, would be able to very freely and again very consciously move within and actually create time and space. And uh, I know that's where I want to go, which is probably anywhere where you go if you die and you're a ghost or whatever. But I, I would really like to see the transitionary phase of that within a civilization, just like I know that this kind of reset phase and the crux phase we have right now is societally one of the most interesting. So at least from that point of view, I can understand why I would be attracted to this experience because I'm assuming I'm not thrown into this world for no reason, but because I really wanted to come. Otherwise, I certainly wouldn't deal with all of this here, you know? So I have enough self-respect for that, I think, at least, you know? So... You, Leo, man. Yeah. I actually... I'm glad to be... I lived long enough to be able to say, yeah, I'm actually kind of glad I get to participate, even in this in a limited way, uh, at this time. Uh, and... Uh, the odd thing, interesting thing is that I don't, I used to think a lot more about the question of what happens to us outside of space time. Like when, when we die, um, does personhood continue? Does, and does anything that's going on on earth still matter to us? Or is it, you know, and I, I, I don't, I, I sometimes think that um, just the, the, the experience of being a person, a specific person, uh, which has a beginning in time and an ending in time. That is a unique and a very special opportunity. And that's when you remove somebody from their context, I don't know if what, what remains, you know, because after all, we occupy space and time. We have a context, right? There's a body, there's a location where we live. There's all the people that we know and the, you know, and the times we are located, you know, the times we live in. And um, after all of that, what's, you know, if you remove the context. What is identity is there, outside of context? Yeah. Do you have something that is, a, it would be a, a very different kind of existence in the sense that, well, supposing all you've got are your memories of who you were. And uh, is that, is that, you decide well you know you're backstage in other words the if we look at the world as the stage on which we're performing and then we get to go backstage and take off the costume that we had and then do we have the option of maybe putting on another costume and going back on stage again later i could understand the notion of having options i don't know if that is if it is necessary, but then again, there are plenty of traditions that suggest that selfhood or personhood continues as a stream, you know, going into, into onto the stage and then off the stage and back onto the stage again. 
And I don't know, do you, do you have your own intuition that has that, does that speak to you in a particular way? I mean, I was raised a certain way to believe a certain thing. And at this point, I just recently read, or I'm reading kind of two things, Bringers of the Dawn, which is this Pleiadian thing with mm -hmm. uh, my fiance, but also it's called the Voyager's Material um, by uh, um, Ashiana or something like that. Anyway, it's, it's almost anti-New Age, New Age, where it's just like, there's whole, you know, aliens aren't what you think, and oh my God, oh my God. But I think the idea and representing that that makes sense to a degree for me is like, when you shed this mortal coil or whatever, and it might be based off of what you've done throughout many lifetimes or whatever. So maybe you can't go be an elemental if you haven't accrued enough data of whatever experience. But um, I think it's, I mean, I'm at a point where it's like, you, it's a choose your own adventure. So, I mean, if like, I can't prove this, but I think if you die, it's all of a sudden like, this is what you did. Like, I think you have an assessment or whatever. It's like, this is what happened. And maybe you get a better understanding of your situation and causality and synchronicity at levels you might not have been able to perceive. Uh, and then it's like, do you want to do it again? Or do you need to do it again? Uh, you can now be a disembodied spirit that gives guidance, you know, a spirit guide. You can be a, a god. You can be a piece of nature. I mean, maybe that's a weird way to put it, but I think it, um, when you beat an RPG, usually it's like you, you, you usually get like a weapon that you wouldn't normally get. So some like transcendent sword that's like boss ass sword. And then you can play again with that sword with like the awareness. I mean, it seems. <laughs> unless we're totally wrong i think that this everything everything matters in the terms of like participation and and willfulness um but it's a school so don't presume you're here to learn um if we're just here trying to avoid being wrong i mean that's not really how i mean you want to learn from your mistakes like don't you know fire burns you don't like incinerate yourself um but maybe there's a lifetime where all you do is push the limits and blow up your body. I don't know. I'm not really answering your question, but it's a metaphysical proposition. So I don't know, but my inclination would be that, yeah, you know, when you, when you stop watching the movie, you kind of pull back and you're in a blockbuster and all of a sudden you're like, well, I can either leave the building or I can watch another movie or I can work at blockbuster or, you know, it's like that. Yeah. It, certainly if you can look at all the different, if you look at other spiritual traditions, you know, and, and certainly we're, we're both familiar with the, the whole Judeo-Christian conception of, you know, earthly life versus, you know, living in eternity. And, right? and, and there's, um, there's like a whole, you know, you might say um, a scenario. And maybe that's that whole scenario actually does play out for some people. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's a one size fits all experience. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah so. I mean, Raphael might say it's based off your preferences. What do you prefer? If you want to, if you want to die and be a ghost, that's what you're going to trip on. And if you want to do it again, you will. If you want to kind of leave this universe, maybe that's possible. We'll see when we get there. I mean, that's kind of the energy. Yeah, for, like, it wouldn't be surprising. Know. Like, for instance, if we're talking about the universal consciousness, if each each one of us is actually, you know, I mean, yeah, there might be a whole some whole um, oversoul structure, like you know, roots spreading out dendrite style and then but i think that you could also say all every self is the same self and you could just as easily do a, a replay of a, a lifetime just as somebody else you are related to or somebody you were involved with wouldn't that be kind of like a <laughs> talk about you know it's not like a replay of your life it's a re uh, how about a replay of other people that knew you and just, <laughs> just look at us <laughs> 
completely agree. They just look at us, you know, look at what you're wearing all in, you know, the kind of dark red, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, well. It wouldn't be surprising if that's the case. I mean, God, in a sense, is, I mean, this gets theological and who knows how overly defined this stuff is, but it's like the kingdom of God is within. And in a sense, we're all connected in so many ways that we can't comprehend. So, I mean, I'm not sure, but I think Raphael is under the presupposition that maybe because Bashar said it or not, but like, I've always been, I've always said this and I don't know. It's like, you know, sometimes you say shit and you don't know if you mean it or not, but it feels right. So you just keep saying it. I'm like, this has already happened. We're just experiencing it. Like this is all, it's like, there's a book and you open it and you tell a story. And then what happens when you enter a story, you're like imagining it. You're participating with it very intently, very experientially. Isn't that relating then, to the VR thing. I recently heard it again. Cause I'm usually not paying remember. so much attention to what these strange simulation people are saying. Cause I'm like, they have it backwards. Ancient philosophy and religion already told you this. So, you know, don't pretend like it's new, but, the, yeah. but don't they say something like we are playing the ancestor game? So the idea being that we already are a super advanced civilization, which to me just translates to we are infinite consciousness, you know, creating all type of matrices within itself just for entertainment and exploration Mm -hmm. experience sake. Um, But within their frame of mind, we would have evolved into a super advanced civilization, which then would create a self-contained game matrix where they play their own ancestors, which to me is just a, you know, age of empires. Is a nerdy way of explaining <laughs> the same thing that you know you're ta- you guys are talking about. Yeah. So that's like a common theme idea right now as well. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I, the, the thing I heard Bashar say, and I'm not like totally aware of it, but he's like, there's a projector of consciousness at some dimensional point, and it's shooting in, and what we experience is almost like you know, the the screen, the light hitting the screen, and that's like the movie. Because once we start getting to the fundamentals of like natural material reality, it's so much more bizarre than a Newtonian right. physics and would have ensued. Maybe the interesting thing, and just generally saying, you know, I never say anything because Bashar says it. No, no. If but anything, I was like, I heard this. then I'm yeah, precluding yeah. and mentioning this is also, you know, occurring with Bashar. But actually, what you mentioned about the projector screen, one of my very first, let's say, um, psychedelic experiences, for better or worse, was actually this very experience of feeling somehow behind besides my own body and actually having a vision of this kind of um i call it reality frames or reality definitions you imagine your infinite consciousness um within infinite space and then before you you have a frame let's imagine a golden frame the universe and all, and all that and all that frame says is it's one particular universe there's others of yeah. course you enter the first sure, one sure. and then you enter the next where you say for example humanoid you enter that frame and of course there's infinite to the left and right you enter more and more and more frames of definition until you ultimately arrive at the human experience but each and every moment actually our signal of consciousness our true self is connecting to this very defined reality from that state of infinite consciousness and unconditional love that was the vision i, I had it. and that was yeah. then confirmed by you know getting to know bashar and so on it was like okay yeah feels correct well you gotta think like J.R. tolkien or you know whatever example you want to use but like he is every hobbit and he is every battle and he you know it's coming from his imagination but at the same time it's not it's him and it's not him i i think we're much more part of divine authorship co-creating however you want a new age put this than we think mm-hmm. but we're so entrapped with our dna i mean we are committed to our role and then in a sense mm-hmm. it's like you know an improvised scene or something where it's like you know, you've read the script before, you know what's going to happen in the plot, play around with the role. Um, and 
you know, there's consequences. If, if an orc, you know, decides to like, I don't know, moon the camera, maybe that's got consequences versus, you know, it, it, it's, it's trippy. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm at a point, and there's no way to prove it, but I think psychedelics, meditation, things like that get you outside of your self, your monkey mind, and your senses enough not to not to be gnostic about it and say these are bad we're trapped oh my god but it's like you're committed to a perspective at various points like you were saying you're committed to a universe you're in this one maybe other ones are coming in and out of this all the time we have no clue um you know maybe you know maybe atlantis was just like emerging of another dimension and then dipped out and it's like oh well it was here for a little while now it's not here because the dimension shifted out because of harmonic resonances or whatever reasonings um I'm, I know. I mean, we we scratch our heads now and ponder and, and dream and dare to dream, but I, I bet we'll come into some quality of knowledge um, after all this upon death or whatever, hopefully within this life, but um, where we'll go. That, you know, it's like, it's, it's like um, if you've seen Rick and Morty, it's the life of Roy or whatever. It's like, you'll kind of take off the goggles and be like, that was the most convincing VR experience possible. That was amazing. Let's do it again. Like, I mean... It'll Are you familiar cool. with that scene, Wayne? Oh, it's an interesting. It, uh, basically, in the, there's this show because called Rick and Morty. Basically, the cool part is that oh, just, yeah. you know this in this galactic playground. But the fun part is that you know first um, Morty plays it. You know the nephew or whatever grandson, and he's you know mm -hmm. like dying as a carpenter or whatever he's doing. He's selling books or whatever, and later yeah. dying a boring death, and then having cancer mm -hmm. and all of that BS. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. then you know his grandfather Rick, who's the baddest, of course, is playing it. And you know, immediately he's, I guess, dropping he's out of school, grid. whatever, and he's he's going <laughs> off the grid, and everyone watching on the arcade in the galactic stage is like, oh my god, he's going off the grid. New high school. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably more like that than we realize. So, in a sense, I'm you pretty know, sure actually. I mean, is. Joe Rogan says the shit all the time. It's like this is, you know, you're this, you're telling a story. Be the most interesting character you can be. You want to be mm. wise about it, you know, and and take risks. I mean, there's all sorts of things based off of personality, astrology, DNA, karma, trauma. Like some people won't take certain risks. Like there was a genetic population on the East Coast that said, or even in England, if you want to go further back, like than that, it's like we're not going to cross the Atlantic Ocean. That's dangerous. And then there were other people who said, that's a great opportunity. I'm going to go check it out. And these are temperaments, and there's not a right or wrong. I mean, they just perpetuate the story from their perspective, and it's all good. The whole point of fucking The Hobbit is like you have a story, but you should be stretching your limits, and you're going to be a, you're going to be it's always looping. I mean, his life was looping every day. He's having tea and kind of doing his thing. Very Virgoan. In fact, his birthday's in September, according to the lore. So he's a Virgo as his Frodo. Um, and they're just kind of doing their mundane life and keeping it balanced and being responsible. And then he's called, it's the, it's the Campbellian Joseph Campbell call to adventure. Right. I mean, I heard Jordan Peterson talking about, it. it's like Abraham was called to an adventure. He was 80 years old, living in his dad's fucking tent. He's like, you want to do something cool? trust in me and go this way and choose your own adventure. And it's like, we got to look at it that way. And what happens is people, and it's not ultimately good or bad. It's just like, it is what it is. There are forces that want to make you think that your body is all there is, or that there's only so many fish in the sea that you can eat. And, and, and in reality, like we're getting to limits in a sense where it's like, we need to be more responsible because we have such an impact when, when enough monkeys do enough things together, it does cause an effect on the face of Mother Earth or whatever. So we do have to be kind of more responsible. But you only learn that by realizing how out of control you are, you know? I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that occurred to me, I don't know if um, you're familiar with Gigi Young. Um, yes, yes. I just yeah. turned on to her more recently. I actually, I've been friends with her for like 
since 2012, I was like, let's talk. Uh, yeah. yeah. I asked her to she, come on the podcast, actually. She has had, she's really expanded my um, perspective quite a bit. And um, so, obviously, you know, one of the things that we're, I'm looking at now is, of course, how, how does one evaluate intuitive knowledge, whether it's coming from within yourself or from somebody else? Um, because after all, there, uh, there will be differences, maybe it's quite significant differences in detail, and uh, the implications are, well, would you make life-changing decisions based upon this? And if not, what, what would you, you know, because after all, we're all in a position of trying to um, respond uh, as best we can, you know, in, as, we're, as we're floating down the river of time in our inner tube with our six pack, where we are trying to kind of like maneuver this way and that in the current. And so, you know, um, I, I think that uh, I look back at things like um, the whole pantheon of invisible friends um because you know because i i know what it's like to have that kind of contact and to always wonder is that just some fragment of myself talking to me or you know is there somebody out there is there a spectrum of realness which is that's actually one of the more interesting questions lately about you know because after all um, Western philosophy tends to look at things in a very binary black and white sense either something is true or it's false it is or it isn't. And then there's additional possibilities, of course, the both is and is not, or neither is or is not. And then you, you know, that's where you, in a sense, that's probably more um, comprehensive. And uh, it's almost like a, looking at things in a quantum level of, of things being, being able to be superimposed and and maybe the, the 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 nature of something being real or realer can vary. It may not be a fixed thing. Um, yeah, do TMT. You'll be like, oh shit, this life that I thought was so real was not that real feeling. Um, the analogy that comes to mind, and I just want to make sure you're keeping an eye on the time because I know you said you had to dip out mm-hmm. around now. Um, but like you know, Matt, you were saying that we're going down the river on a six pack. I've done that before and got drunk on a river with a um, with a. I don't even remember uh, some beer from uh, Newcastle beers from England. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a heavier beer. And I don't know if it was the differentiation of the water temperatures or what, but I got out of the river and puked everywhere. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is horrible. But um, I should have probably had Heineken, like something lighter, but um, mm-hmm. okay. So in that analogy, it's like there's sections of the river. And if you're like, Holy shit, here comes a rapid. Well, it might not be Niagara Falls, but it might scare you because it seems relatively important at the time. And you're like, Oh man, this is a two foot drop and I'm not prepared. But then you zoom out and it's like, well, you're actually on the lazy river and we built that for fun. And then you zoom out even further. It's like, you paid to come to the park um, to get on the lazy river. You know, it's like, we've just got to kind of enjoy the ride a little, but we're so committed. It's, it's the consequence of embodiment is fear and, you know, trying to preserve loss and maintain beauty or financial equilibrium, all this kind of stuff. And if we can kind of just, if we, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. I'm not a nihilist, but it doesn't matter as much as we perceive it to and if we can kind of get that little, that gap between us and not, that's Buddhahood. That's awakening. That's what ha- you're like, oh shit. Okay. Okay. I remember now. I remember. I mean, this is the whole enjoy, you know, the Bill Hicks thing where it's like, it's just a ride, but I have so much committed. Oh my God, my, my beer, this, this waterfall is yeah. huge. Um, but it's okay. Yeah. It's just a ride. And yeah. maybe you'll have a yeah. moment where you smash the beer and you lose it. It's like 
that's an experience. That's an, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that occurred to me, and this is pretty spontaneous, is that the notion that um, if we're thinking about the the civilizations, one, you know, transitioning from one to another, um, it, it one of the things that might help us, and what well, I don't know, but it might, is that we could perhaps have a another vision a bit, uh, that is able to accept the ever-changing nature rather than trying to aim for a fixed condition and like say, we, all, we have arrived. There is, yeah. if, if one steps, actually, no, it'll be more like this wave function. <laughs> You'll just have to ride it and and not try to and and that itself might there might be a special kind of wisdom in just being able to ride the waves of change rather than trying to you know flatten everything and just you know make it it's fixed we've got it right now and let's just keep it this way you know just imagine right 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 so that's um again that that is such a big shift that's why it, it occurs to me that maybe I don't know if we'll just make a smooth transition or if one will just have to say, yeah, actually that experiment we have just been doing comes to a close and then something new is, we'll call it something else, whatever it is. It's and then maybe the next one, you know, our yeah. descendants are the future generations will figure out what to call it. But uh, I've, that's part of what uh, is going on in the epiphany series that I'm writing. Uh, if I'm thinking about the arc, of multi-generational arc, meaning, you know, uh, it, imagine, figure this, that um, we can safely say that, you know, uh, barring some uh, un unprecedented advances, uh, that the world in 2050, you know, uh, less than 30 years from now, will be significantly different in ways that we would almost say, were, we would say that it's unrecognizable, you know, it's, it'll be bigger probably than the previous uh, 20 years. That seems to be, I would say that's a pretty safe prediction. And, um, and figure that's like, you know, already you've got like a whole nother generation that will reach adulthood when this is all happening. And then their children will be in, you know, entering that new civilization. However, you know, whatever it happens to be, there might be actually two, more, you know, more than one operating concurrently. And the, the, the cyberpunk dystopia might have to play itself out for a few more decades. It's similar to if we look at this like um, end, end of the Roman Empire period where the, the vestiges of the structure continued for quite a while, even though it had, it had lost its influence, that people were continuing to go through the motions uh, and they just maybe moved the power center geographically, you know, from uh, Rome to uh, Constantinople. But still, you could say, oh, well, something definitely ended there. And that's uh, so. Um, this is something that will be happening, you know, sooner. You know, the future comes sooner than we think. That's one of the things that. Yeah, it blows my mind. You've already lived on this planet for quite a while, and you've already imagined how much you just in the last twenty years, or or twenty five years. It's was it's pretty staggering, isn't it? Many lifetimes. In one yeah. Lifetime. 
But yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll shut up uh, if you got to go. It's the I Ching. I mean, it's the Book of Changes. No one hexagram is better than the other. Or if you want to look at the Fool's Journey and the Major Arcana, it's not one card is better. It's part of a cycle of series. It might be more random than the linearity of the, um, like the I Ching tends, you know, it goes through computations of probabilities that have polarizations. And we might prefer one over the other, like, oh my God, the death card. I would, I don't want that. What I want is the lovers, you know, or whatever. It's like, we tend to cling to these things, but in, in doing that, that's the whole desire and attachment. When we cling and desire one thing above all other things, we tend to really distort the flow of stuff. It seems the system allows for that, but at some point there is critical mass within the system that will bulldoze us. You know, at some point it's like, oh, a comet comes and just starts it over or you know, whatever it is. So we just have to um, hold on loosely. That does not mean give up. And it does not mean, you know, there's no one golden age. There's many, it's a sine wave. It goes up, it goes down. It goes, you know, it's yugas like that. So yeah. I think, well, I think, it's a crazy time, but it's we asked to be here. It's like this is actually really interesting times. Uh, yeah, well, I would say that yeah, we we could have been um, you know incarnated during the whole ascendancy, the growth phase, but we're on this end of it, which is more like the decomposition phase, which is you know in, in a sense, if you look at it as like a gardening metaphor, um, something has to break down back into soil in order to grow the next crop. At least that's how I do it. There's a you know, some composting that has to happen. <laughs> so, uh, how, what, how that plays out in our, you know, in our world, that's uh, remains to be seen. And I kind of think it's, it's actually uh, looking at this as a positive. Every part of the cycle has its own virtues, and that make it worthwhile to be around for. Um, so, yeah. Paris McKenna said it. He was quoting uh, McKenna was quoting Alfred North, White, North Whitehead, I think. But he said, "Nothing remains. You know, nothing lasts. Nothing remains. So it's always changing. But nothing is lost. It's its own little terrarium. And you know, we we just have to we have to hold on to that. Just because you don't, you know, sometimes you see an acorn and it falls on the tree or fruit. That's a next generation tree or many generations. Mm -hmm. from so it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. nothing lasts and it, trying to hold on to things. That's where it gets really tricky and problematic. And that's what the drama of history and culture really is trying to amass wealth or status or sexual partnership or whatever at all costs. And I will fight for this and I will kill. And there's lessons there, but at some point we're going to, especially upon death, it seems you're going to relinquish control. <laughs> you're going to accept things as they are. And then, move into the next phase so hopefully we, we can be conscious co-authors turning the pages not really clinging to one eaching hexagram over another um that doesn't mean there's you know i mean i have my preferences sure i would rather have a lover's card over the death card any day but there is value in the death card that is different than the lover's card you know spring is not winter they have their own beauties uh, i mean right now like this morning i woke up and it was minus 29 fucking degrees in Colorado, it's cold. And I was just like, oh my, um, not my ideal situation. I'd rather be in Hawaii, let's put it that way. But uh, but I have to find, I have to tell myself, you know, we have the volition to to, to wave particle it. It's like, what am I focusing on? Am I, am I only focusing on the things that are causing me to be disgruntled? Well, thoughts become realities. And then all of a sudden I'm in a, you know, I'm uh, Scrooge McDuck or whatever, you know, being like, ah. And it's like, that's why everyone is so discontent. And why everyone is so depressed is largely because we have advertisements and people telling us how things should be. And then we try to cling to those desires of what is projected to us as the ideal, whatever it is. So we just need to accept. It's like some days, you know, 
Some days you get wet, some days you're dry, sometimes you're rich, sometimes you're poor, some days you have power, sometimes you're powerless. Yeah, one of, the things, one of the th ideas I wanted to explore before, we, you know, while we still have some time here, is the whole notion of, of um, your view of how the world works, you know, Earth, you know, Earth in particular, can have a huge influence on uh, your conception of of power and where it is. And it's that it seems that the part of the exploitation, the empire system, is always trying to get you to believe that the power is somewhere else, that it's not you, and so, or that you must give it up to that whatever that outside thing is. And, uh, well, that's the barter, right? I pledge allegiance to the flag and the country and its values, and but that means maybe I don't profess my values or beliefs as readily. I mean, it's a law of exchange. You're going to get, you know, yeah. like Judas will give right. you thirty pieces of silver, but you're going to sell out. Well, yeah. You know, in other words, well, one of the things that you could another metaphor that one can use aside from the black iron prison is that uh, these structures work at, like a protection racket. And so, in a, in a sense, it's not surprising that the people who rise to the top in this archonic system are rather like, um, you know, it's like organized crime. It's like living in a mafia family, and um, some of us feel can can get a, worked up if uh, with cognitive dissonance when we start to realize what the family business really is. <laughs> and, you know, and, or, you know, I can understand people being resistant to, to that. And just like the, it, all of the events of the last 50, 60 years, um, you know, in terms of um, parapolitics of uh, the, the kind of machinations that go on, I can understand people just not wanting to take it in because uh, it's it's upsetting to realize, and it also can be disempowering, which is the other side of it. I mean, I'm I'm very into conspiracy lore, just like uh, Frank Zero and a lot of other folks I know. Um, and yet, at the same time, I have to be careful about the notion that other there are other folks out there who are so much more powerful that I'm sort of cowering in you know and insignificant by comparison. That's not how. That's not the reality. I would the, where I would flourish, right? I'm interested in flourishing. I'm interested in you and everyone I know to flourishing. So it's a matter of realizing where is the power. If you are, if you're a reality creator, then you know it's it's kind of like time to well, okay, go for it. Make things happen and uh, and don't be afraid because you know we. We're only, you know, it's it's not like we're expecting to get out of here alive. In other words, it's like yeah, we have we do have. I mean, maybe we'll respawn. I don't know if you want to use the video game metaphor, but uh, uh, hello, you were here. Yeah, we're listening. I'm just listening. You um, who? Oh no, I'm gonna get going here because of the uh, the time. Okay. I hope that you got everything I'll that say. you were able to. Uh, pick up some good stuff. Okay. Okay, cool. I think those were final thoughts right there. And um, um, I thank you very much. Uh, and I uh, hope that all of you have, you know, are, enjoy exploring the multiverse. Um, there's all so much out there and so much, you know, 
inside as well. It's just, so take care of yourself and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Ciao, ciao. All right. Raphael, you can hear me, I think. Thank you very much, Wayne. Yes, we're, we're both good. So we basically, just to up. pick up uh, the last point, that's what it's all about. No matter how overwhelming, apparently, within the material, the oppressive empire structure may seem, if one truly understands one is one with the infinite source, however you want to define that exactly within your belief system, then it's kind of an unfair game because the opposition almost has to appear that strong so at least that you can be somewhat afraid so they have some kind of a chance, you know, or yeah. some kind of a dynamic. Because once you really realize you are that creator, then there is no more fear of death. And there is um, actual, just like you said, this possibility for at the very least co-authorship of whatever reality we prefer. At least that's, you know, the belief system I picked up so far. And I think what also was resounding with Wayne or what he was mentioning. And also even Alex Jones, who I bring up sometimes, even though also with him, there's some topics like terrain theory he's not covering properly, but he recently made this reset war seminar, let's say, talking about, I guess, creatorship and quantum science and so on, because he said, well, finally, it's time to re release a documentary solely on this type of information, because this allows you to defreeze and unglue from any accumulated fear one may have by investigating all of these conspiracies, which we now find many of them are much more true than we would like them to be potentially. But with that other aspect of understanding, it's easier to digest. And that's the way I always approached it. That's why I was never really scared, let's say, or anything. So Well, I forgot. I, I, I got groggy there for a couple of years, Raphael, as you know. And I'm at a point, you could hear it. I mean, it's funny. I mean, even I'm like, oh, shit, the acid I was eating wasn't even LSD. Oh, great. So it's like, um, nothing is always what test it your seems. drugs, folks. Yeah, always test your drugs. Um, it's funny. Yeah, maybe it's naive, but I'm at a point personally where it's like, well, let's see what can happen. I mean, it, it's weird because it's like a game, a chess game. You, you, you ask to sit down in the game, and it's like, okay, that's incarnating. And then it's like you pick a side and a polarity, and you kind of make moves, and that's your life, and the accru you know, accruement of experience and consequence to action and all this kind of shit. You can get so hung up in winning. It's like just pull back and be like, oh, shit, this is fun. I mean, I could do this again. I can learn from this. Like, oh, maybe I'll be a chess master one day. Chess masters weren't always chess masters, right? And then, you know. It's 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 such a privilege. I, I I'm gonna cry, but it's like we forget how awesome it is, and we get hung up in our circumstance. And I'm not even proselytizing Christianity at this point. I'm actually wrestling with how true it might actually be. But I think there's truth within metaphor and story and stuff. So whatever. But the whole point is like if you look at the water, if you look at your circumstances, you're gonna drown. But if you look up at an object that's transcendent, which is whatever your higher self, love, hope god whatever you know want to look at it as everything else finds its place so it's like i mean um yeah it's it's just a it's a it's a trip but my god i guess we have to be here so i can't wait till one day like i pull up the goggles a little maybe that'll be in peru or whatever but it's like i just want to kind of get a peek and, and remember that it's not just like money systems and power grabs and Identity well, don't worry, you'll see. <laughs> yeah. so, no, as you always like to say, grace, you know, grace. Compassion. Oh. Yeah, it's compassion, grace. It's like, it's all good. Uh, there's nothing that we can't handle. Even the most grisly deaths are asked for. I mean, this gets non-computational. It gets so like, 
outrageous that people don't want to hear this stuff. What do you mean people in the Holocaust asked for that or aborted babies or whatever? It's like, hey, man, you get two choices. Either it's a shit show and every, every man for himself, like Nietzschean power struggles, or it's all good and we're just playing and experimenting and it's it's real enough to convince you you're participating in order to explore I mean, you're the one conscious and exploring itself. I mean, you get what I'm saying. I can't really articulate it, but it, and and that's a choice we can. And for a long time, I wasn't dwelling there, and I couldn't. And for various reasons, I'm there now. Um, I mean, I just spent two weeks, kind of like, like I told you, showing my nana, who's like a hardcore Christian zeitgeist, and a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, and just all this shit that was like, so cool. I was just like, well, I mean, in a sense, it's like, thank you, Nana, for handling my barragement of like, I assaulted her empire. I was like, your walls are coming down, bitch. No, you know, wasn't she? Wasn't she the one sending you some links or something at some point? So she was interested. Yeah, sure, sure. And how did But she it, feel now, or how was her response? Oh no, I mean, at this point, it's kind of like Wayne. She's so committed to a lifestyle that it's hard for her to abandoned ship whether she realizes the ship is going in the wrong direction or not you know it's like money doesn't have inherent value the federal reserve is puppeteering us we're all fucking doing right. all sorts of crazy shit yeah, everyone go watch that guy's addendum you know for federal reserve information yeah it's crazy but um but we have to be here so and i've then, just got to remember that and then just to our last question for you so now that you would say within your own subjective experience you have changed your perspective let's say oh yeah dude. How, how what would you say is the main the main differential because also because ultimately you know we could then say oh you know i've been talking to you or we've been talking for years you know for years <laughs> and i'm like oh get to this My point. mind but the thing is but the, the thing issue? is that's not the point the whole point is being also after a change of perspective to be able to as subjectively objectively whatever as possible see like the factors of each belief system Or see, like, what is the, what is the main difference for you? Or would you say now, for you, you're in a better place, different place? How would you call oh, it? Oh, you'd be surprised because as soon as you say, "Oh, I've got this," the universe goes, "Oh, okay." Oh, sure. turn exactly. Of course. Of course. So it's like as soon as I was like, "Oh, I mean, I, how would I even put it?" It's a gift and a curse to have a sharp mind, and we're both air signs, so we're mental there's limits to logic. There's limits to perception. There's limits to experience. There's limits. And, and, and even Wayne, you can hear him like being like, well, what happens after metaphysics? It's like, who knows? We don't know. I've had some experiences. I've heard Chinese whispers or tale meta, you know, myth. Um, I think I just started, I, whether it's the quality of the universe is increasing to a higher degree and it's all happening to all of us or I'm awakening, but it felt like, you know, It feels a little, you know, when your alarm goes off and at first you're like, fuck this, I want to go back to sleep. Like that's been the past two years, maybe where I was just like, I don't know. And now I'm like, well, the day started, like, I can't go back to sleep. That's kind of how it feels. And that doesn't mean I know what the day is going to entail or what I'm going to wear or, you know, is it raining outside? I haven't checked the weather, but it's like, I think it's coming from a place of love and curiosity again more. Um, Whereas before was, it would have been here. what? Oh, I've got to figure this out and I need to be in control. And if I don't have this, that, the other, I'm still, I'm still stashing nuts away like a little squirrel being like, okay, I've got this much saved and the crypto fell this much. I mean, I'm still playing the games, which is understandable. But at some point I think I'm starting to, it's weird. It's hard to explain. It's like, it's, it's, I'm taking, uh, I don't even know how to put it. Um, 
you know, like it's in varying degrees that Luke believes in the force and eventually he's so one with it that he fucking transcends time space or whatever. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not in the place where I'm like, Oh my God, I need a, a guide to tell me when to shoot and remind me. I need to remind myself. I think I'm coming into more sovereignty. I think I'm accepting and, and appreciating things from a compassionate place. I mean, it's hard at some point, you know, you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, I got to wake everybody up. And Oh my gosh, I got to do the right thing. And sure, I've got to yeah. fight the empire and all this stuff. And then sometimes like, I am the empire. I, I am Adolf Hitler. I am the best people ever. And I'm, I'm just having a different perspective now of it. And it's freeing, but also I feel more response. I mean, it's in the astrology. It was just a lot. I mean, it's Aquarius season now. It was just a uh, Capricorn season. Um, I'm in, it feels responsibility is kicking in, but it's not a responsibility. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, how would I even put it? It's an anarchistic sovereignty that I'm looking for more than sure. like, I'm going to Responsibility for, for oneself being able to respond. Yeah. yeah. And not just react. And I was reacting for a long time. And that's what the whole fucking point of this is. It's like, mm -hmm. Hey, check out the hypnosis of media. And we're going to tell you nothing but bad news and freak you out. And it's like, and we'll trigger you as much as possible. Yeah. And gaslight you. <laughs> And worst case scenario, it's a psyop that's fucking holding you back. And it's like, you know, you've got to, you've got to be like, you know, Neo and fight the fucking agents. But best case scenario, the water is boiling so much. This frog hopped out. I'm like, ah, I don't want this anymore <laughs> or whatever. So it's like, either way, change has occurred. I can't really explain it, but it feels like, it feels like, I don't, I don't want to jinx myself. Like things like smoking weed. I mean, I'm wearing a hat, but like certain things were just, I was clinging onto them for trauma reasons and, and I'm not even against weed. If people want to smoke weed, drink, party, do whatever. But I'm at a point where it's like, I want, you hear what I'm saying. It's like, there's, there's a level of responsibility I had been avoiding for so long that it's like, I had resented it. And now I'm like, right. well, I don't want to be a banker on wall street, but that doesn't mean I want to be living codependently with my family forever. So right. what does it mean to be a sovereign? And what is that? And how can that look in terms with others? And it does not, I mean, Hey, I mean, what it, I've lived in communal living, there's hierarchies and there's rules and structure. You know, it's like, everything has rules and timing. It's like your body deteriorates at certain rates and stuff. And maybe there's ways to hack that. No, and that's what we're all exploring kind of in the new age and stuff. And, you know, different vitality regimens of diet and exercise and all that. But, um, it, it's shocking and it's horrifying, but it's also liberating to, I mean, it's very much like the Buddha. I, at one point, um, I was talking to my Nana and about Buddha, the little Buddha, and there's a kid in there. And the whole premise is like, Oh, is this the reincarnated Dalai Lama? And the kid looks exactly like me as a kid. It's like disturbing. Like, I mean, I'll show you one day. It's like, this is my doppelganger. This is just like, what is happening here? And she was like, what the fuck? We didn't watch the movie. I just showed her a screenshot. But anyway, in that whole thing, I mean, I'm not a Buddhist, but it's a great little story. Um, the whole point is like, you were in a world of illusion. It was protected. It was an empire that was being enforced beyond your participation in a sense. So it's like, of course I live in a suburb and I can vote and I can go to the movie theater. It's like, cool, you were being held in place by things and powers and things that uh, that weren't exactly righteous, I guess you could say. It's all good in some weird sense, but it's like a sub-universe. Right. It was a side pocket. And then he's, he had a little break in. He saw an old person or a deformed person or whatever. He's like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, scoot that extra off the stage. Don't have it. The dream interrupted. And then he kind of started being like, I'm going to ask questions, whatever the story goes, right? And eventually he gets to a point right, where he's so ascetic, he's in the woods just like tripping out and being like, I'm going to go extremely religious and extremely you know, spiritual. And the whole point in that movie is like, he sees a sitar player on the water 
like a Ravi Shankar sitar. Um, and it's like, if you tighten the string too much, it snaps. And if you don't tighten it at all, you can't play music. So it's this kind of, it's the middle path. Right. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where I feel like I'm tapping into now. It's like for a long time, I was like, I mean, there's been seasons and it might be astrological, it might be many things, but it's like, there were times when I was willing as long as I was entertained and having fun, it's very selfish. Well, as long as I was having a good time, I didn't care. And in some way, it doesn't really matter even beyond that. So it's like I was kind of donkey islanding on Pinocchio Island or whatever. So it's like, I just want to stimulate my senses and have the best time and whatever. And then there's been a time, other seasons, it was like, oh, I need to quit all the drugs and be sober and all stuff. Right. It's not even about all that. It's about this middle path thing where it's like, you are sovereign and responsible, but it's not all about you. So it's like this weird thing. It's like, oh, shit, I have responsibilities. And it's not because, I mean, I am getting older, 36, right? But it's like, I think that's what the whole trip was, where it's like, I love my Nana, but I could hear her programming. Like, that's the best way I could put it. I could just see it. And I was like, sure, of course. And, and yeah. there was like this like weird pity, but also like, let me just show you that not everything, you know, like Plato's cave shit. It was like, you are convinced you're looking at the truth. Maybe it is, but like, be aware that it could be more than that. And I'm not trying to dislodge anybody's belief systems. At some level, that's that's a lot of responsibility. You don't want to just be someone who shatters people's worldviews because yeah. that's a lot oh, of yeah. karma. Oh yeah. Uh, you don't want to be that trickster, you know, but at the same time, we're designed for that. Well, that's why we ask questions and have conversations. Exactly. Right? At so, the same time, some people have that role. It's just also this role can be played gotta be responsible. responsibly, whatever this means. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you got to do it with compassion. You can't just yes. be so righteous that you're yes. like, I'm going to, I'm going to blind you with the truth. It's like, who does that benefit? Yeah. You're also, not, because you know? it just doesn't work. That's the other problem. No, you know? right. I mean, if you take a go, if you, I mean, it's like I don't know much about animals or whatever, but like if if you're used to like whatever Vienna temperatures, and I just throw you in like Arctic Tibet or whatever, it's like you could die. <laughs> like you might not adjust quickly enough or whatever. But if we walk really slowly north over many years, you'll probably acclimate, and it's all good. You know, it's like that. So I'm just at a point where it's like. And I've been on the edge for a long time, you know, that where I'm like, I'm a Christian, but not typical. And at this point, I'm like, you know, people like Jordan Peterson, he's not a, a religious person, but he's a Jungian kind of Gnostic, I guess you could say. Right. Where he's like, there's value in these stories. And I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like, these stories help us know who we are, but we are much more than these stories. And at the same time, it is what it is. You find yourself in a certain time. So like, we'll, we'll talk about Star Wars a lot and whatever. It's like the myths of our time, of our zeitgeist, the spirit of the times there's i mean it, it even talks about it in zeitgeist but it's like you know the the uh the age of pisces is not the age of aquarius uh, you know they, these these things have qualitative differences so the microwave shifted enough for me where i'm just i mean i'm at a point and i can't speak for you but it's like there was a time when i was like i want to be on acid every day in tokyo and just fucking skateboarding i mean this was like my immature 4d self right and it's beautiful in a sense it's like there's value there and i needed to express that and find it out but it's like that's not sustainable at a level and you know and now i'm kind of like tokyo is awesome in its own way but it's also disgusting and so distracted and not natural right. and you know what i mean so i don't want to go live in a mud dog hut and just like not speak english and rub sticks together to like survive but i think we're i'm i mean whatever it is like we have to get back in tune with reality in certain ways we've created so many levels of artifice that it's almost like archaeology it's like what is what's a rhythm that's true because Elon Musk is cool, but like that doesn't matter. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, in, I can't really explain it. So I don't really know how to describe where I'm at, but it feels like it went from like, you know, five to six or whatever. Like it just feels like I, I graduated some lessons. I've made peace with it. 
I love and accept my family for where they're at. Like my family is really religious and, and stuff. And I'll always find value in that stuff. And in a sense, I've had my religious epiphanies and stuff to the point where I think I've found the value of that system to the fullest degree that I could. And now that not, it's not that I'm like, Oh fuck that next. It's not so much like that. It's more like, what else can I know? An experience. I mean, there's a, there's a truth that's going to be not Western culture. There's a truth that you just, you see what I'm saying? So that's kind of why I'm, I've never, I've always been afraid of ayahuasca. And now I'm like, I don't know what will happen. I might lose my mind. Who knows? But I'm, I'm feeling called to a very natural older way of thinking. Like if I could just, you know, I'll, I don't necessarily need to have a Jungian psychoanalyst telling me what I'm seeing. It's like more like, all right, tell me your cultural images this is, you know, I don't, you know, you've done it. I don't know what to expect for all tripping. And we see my issues. It's going to be a wild ride for everybody, but, uh, you know, so it could be crazy, but, um, I'm at the point where I don't know, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. So we're really powerful. Yeah, Yeah, dude, we're really powerful, but like, I wasn't being responsible for sure. And there's a lesson there. Sometimes, sometimes Bart Simpson's got to grow up. Um, you don't want to become Homer necessarily or whatever, Ned Flanders, but it's like, it shifts, it changes. And if the longer you clutch and cling and desire one mode, and it's just like, that's the way I am and whatever, even in astrology, we say, I'm a sun and moon Gemini. It's like, well, I'm a progressed Leo now for the next right. 30 years or whatever, 29 years. So, and I'm a, I'm a Virgo rising, right? So it's like my, my apprehension of reality is different. The, the river is not the same twice. So all that 15, whatever minute jargon I just said, um, I'm excited, but it like, you know, sometimes you have to like understand and there's no way to express this quality to others. Like you can't transfer this data. It's a gnosis of self, but some, at some point you just go, you know, if you're listening to one song over and over, you'll go, I've gotten tired of that song or whatever. It doesn't mean the song's bad or it's a horrible instrumentation or, you know, this album sucks. It's more just like there's more to experience and to, to avoid that would be a mistake. (laughs) Like, you could choose to keep on loop on one song and maybe all you have is one song to listen to for a long time. But um, yeah, that's just where I'm at. So it's not like I'm, I would, I wouldn't like for a long time. I'd be like, oh, I'm a Christian. I, I have a relationship with Christ, the Christos or whatever that is, which is more than Yeshua of Nazareth, which potentially, mm-hmm. which is more, you know, and then this is, I mean, it's crazy. So, but people are exactly where they need, you know, you're being met with the reality that you could apprehend. Yeah. Really. So you like, you're never, I mean, in, in a sense, it always kind of pushes you. I think, um, Jordan Peterson was, it's a really good episode last, uh, I think it's 1769, um, episode Joe Rogan. Um, it's four hours. It's a commitment. He only eats meat. I thought that was crazy, but I was listening to the benefits of that. I'm a vegan. So I was like, <laughs> oh, of course, knee jerk political. Most like, interesting guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I, and I mean he's not perfect for sure. Like it's not like he's got all the answers. He's just a Scorpio with a Gemini moon, so he's going at least you know his natal chart. He's certainly bringing up some interesting points in general discussion. So you know that's what we're here for. Uh, I think uh, he took over Timothy Leary's position at Harvard for a while. So I mean, I, I mean he doesn't do psychedelics, but they were talking about psychedelic experience, float tanks, you know, Bible stories and the analogies of the metaphor embedded within them that you know the importance of the bible as a, as a text for reading literacy and and like the cultures that have kind of founded themselves on that um it's a nutty story in another time space that we're in but all that being said uh i mean i was showing you know talking about buddha and showing the bill hicks quote uh, um and 
it, it it's a, it's a weird thing because once you start being with people that you know it's an echo chamber, you start seeing differentiation. I guess is the best way to put it. And it just felt like I'm not saying it's bad or good. It's just like some of the hypnosis of the spell broke for me, and I'm just like, okay, well, there's value there, and maybe it's even true. But <laughs> like, you can't just you know I pledge allegiance to the United States. I'll go kill for the country. It's like, but why? Like, what is honor? What is virtue? What is defense like you know you've got to ask bigger questions and usually people who do that kind of stuff don't find themselves they find themselves in different positions than just like yes i will be a ground stormtrooper and do it you know that's the whole point of flynn right he has a moment he's like what am i doing like i don't want to do my values are different so i'm yeah my values are changing but i'm also coming into my north node is it like uh the north node for everybody right now is in taurus my north node and midheaven are in taurus so it's like i'm kicking into probably mm, not my purpose but it's like things are turning up a little so i'm excited and i miss talking to you i didn't want to not talk to you i was literally puking in a bucket and shitting liquid for three days um because of food poisoning so all the listeners need to hear team rabbit well hey food poisoning is real y'all i've never really had it i was like this is the body has limits oh my gosh take care of it uh, don't eat too much kimchi and have candida die off on top of all sorts yeah, of things. Don't so, digest putrefied, you know, substances. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe TMI, but yeah, I miss talking to you. So we got to do this. Uh, I mean, this is. I'm glad you've been consistent. You know, this stall started. I mean, we're just monkeys that like talking, and then you said let's make a podcast. So this is as much your baby as mine is how I look at it. I mean, this wouldn't be Team Rabbit Hole without you, and I'm. I know I've been slacking and being busy and stuff. And maybe if I'm off in the jungle doing drugs, I can't talk all the time and stuff like that, but well, that I still think officially there's a lot of value. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value Agreed. here. Um, yeah. And I hope you're and just also, as excited. And yeah. I'm very excited. And to everyone uh, still listening to this quite long episode, check out teamrabbithole.com. Finally updated the site. It now looks somewhat decent. There is no special content there or anything, but everything is linked from there centrally. So, yeah. many episodes check them out and if anybody listening wants to come on holler like we'll talk to anybody uh not to, you know famous people not famous people movers and shakers stormtroopers we don't care so it's like we'll talk to anybody uh i actually hit i mean i've reached out to her who knows if she'll come on but wayne had mentioned Gigi young and it's like i've been listening to her stuff lately she's she's also uh, on dark journalist a few mm-hmm. times yeah, into yeah. this great interviews and great content and I think Corinne Wilson, Occult Priestess, she's actually on watching that a lot as well. So mm. um, yeah, we'll anyhow, it's interesting. Around. And also it'd be interesting to talk to her because she often brings up this hybrid stuff. And I basically want to know where she has got her storylines from, you know, how to how it all connects together. But anyway, yeah, together, I'm pretty sure, you know, whatever it turns out, you know, we'll somehow be able to discern the elephant or however, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together. We'll laugh we'll be like, I thought it was an elephant. It's That's actually sure. a multi-headed beast that we don't know anything about. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's a privilege and an honor, and, and it's a lot of fun. It's not – I know I bring a lot of drama, and I've gone through a lot of my shit, but you've been a consistent uh, perspective and friend and sounding board, and you'll never know how valuable that is. It's been a real value. So I appreciate well, thank you. Thank you. And yeah. you as well. You know, I wouldn't be hanging on to all of these podcasts if, as I said, wouldn't find you one of the most entertaining individuals to listen to in a very, you know, positive and stimulating sense, air science. So, you know, you know what I'm okay. talking about. So yeah. anyhow, thank you very much. Thanks everyone for listening and watching. And we'll conclude the session for tonight. Catch y'all 
in and out. Thanks and time for waving. Bye bye. Further up and further in, y'all. Enjoy. Thank you.